I smoke a lot of cigars now. I think these are for like singers or something, aren't they? Well, I don't know. Like comedians, stand-up comedians. We're good? We're rolling? We're, We're back. Rolling? Take two. Should we tell our viewers and listeners <laughs> that we've been talking for the last hour and a half for the recording? <laughs> All right, the episode's over. Thanks All for right. listening. So yeah. here we go again. <laughs> All right, so what were we saying? Let's well, tell that, jo- tell that joke again. <laughs> what episode did we record that didn't record and it was really good? Was it the girls, the first gals episode? Mark, we've had a few like that was it was better the first time and then we have to literally re-record and almost have the same conversation we have a funny story should do a blooper reel you'll like this one so we didn't have it (laughs) we didn't have it oh yeah we couldn't make it so we we recently recorded an episode with you and we got it was a it was a pretty good episode like it was like funny it was good it was like really like uh like it was it surprised us i think like the guest it was actually really good it was like a really deep conversation it was animated too a little bit Anyways, we do obviously video and audio. So the, the video cord runs behind Danielle and it's a block there. And it's not super strong and in and the plug with a tape it on. But I guess Danielle was moving the episode and the plug came out. The, but the best part was it was like not it was early on. She just never noticed it. So we take a picture at the end of every episode. So Danielle goes to line up to take the picture. And I guess she, I see her and her eyes are like. <laughs> So I, I can see that something's wrong. So I see her spin around. So I'm like, oh, the camera was for sure off. And she's like trying to pretend like she's trying to pick something up. And I see her go to the plug. Plug, plug it, it back in, in. Turn around and snap the picture. Too funny. So this guy's episode, had, yeah. Oh, shit. This person's episode had <laughs> no video. No video. And we have like, it's like, a, it's like a minute long and it cuts out. Anyways, it's happened quite a few times. To it us, was really but our fun. video's on, right? We're good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody could see me? Yeah, yeah. Put your pants back on. <laughs> <laughs> Mars got the full hunting uh, gear too. I came prepared. Very on brand. Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, I came to talk about hunting, whatever you guys like. <laughs> Honestly, that's kind of one of the things we want to talk about. I mean, there's a lot of things we want to talk well, about. Well, let's You're get into very... the drink first. Hang on. Yeah, before we do that, let's 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 cheers again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is like cheers take two. When you do it on Instagram. You gotta yeah, yeah. Cheers, cheers. Oh, we missed the boomerang. Boomerang cheers. again. You your, know, like moms? your mom's the yeah. best at it. Yeah. Um, what's So what's this drink called? Okay, so again, that I have to explain this all over again. So, so this drink's called the Carayillo. And it was uh, it was introduced to me actually. I was um, my my wife and I and my daughter uh, this past October went down to uh, to the Bahamas to uh, Bahamar, and uh, oh nice yeah yeah it was that's our go to uh, whenever we uh, can afford a weekend away. Uh, so you know what we uh, we went down and um, I just happened to run into a, an old friend I hadn't seen in a while, and I was in the cigar lounge drinking whatever it was and. He says, uh, you know, we bumped into each other. He says, hey, you got to try this drink. You know, he's a you know big cigar smoker. And uh, we ended up, you know, spending the entire night there. I think it was like four or five. And by the time on. we finally left and we were just slamming these things back. And, you know, I didn't find out till the end of my trip. I was actually paying $25 US uh, <laughs> a, drink. <laughs> a drink. Well, it's also coffee, but, though. But you know what? So, uh, 
so yeah, so well, that's how you didn't go to bed until four or five. Eh? You're just drinking; well, he's not tired. Yeah, yeah, I mean, cigar smoking, and you know, you're right outside the casino. So we take a few. It's a dark know, room. We, we take a yeah. You never know. We take a, a break, play a few hands of blackjack, and then you know, come back to the cigars. So yeah, so so he introduced me to this drink and never heard of it before, and it was actually him and his wife uh, together that uh, told me about it, and we, you know, what it, it was the perfect pairing. I mean, you know, you're in nice weather smoking cigars we just took a liking to this drink so it's you good. know since i came back i just started introducing everybody to it and hopefully it, it picks up around here because it was hard to find that bottle of liquor 43 really? over there yeah it's the really is good is it specifically that bottle what is it i've never heard of this stuff before okay so if you want to show our viewers and listeners what is it what it is it's i've a, seen that before it's liquor 43 I don't I've know why it's other it, than it's uh, from Spain. And it's a it's secret, uh, secret uh, Spanish family recipe of Mediterranean Maybe citrus fruits infused up, with selected botanicals. <laughs> right. So I, it's I a haven't 31% tried percent. It. It's a liqueur. I haven't tried it on its own. So how it's a citrus liqueur. Percent? 31. Oh, it's pretty strong. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it's, good. it's good with coffee. How many that's you that's really all I know. And a twist of orange. No, it's really good. You don't taste the coffee that much? Yeah, I thought that was great. And Rick doesn't drink. It's what? Mexico. Yeah. It's invent. It came from Mexico. Really, Carayo. Good throw. It's, that's a. It's How a do great you drink. spell that? C A R. There's a J in there. There's definitely a J somewhere. Yeah. C. This is like a little trivia question. If you know how to spell it. Yeah, that's close. I just missed a J. It's a good drink. Bahamas is awesome, eh? Bahamas was a great time. You know, I, uh, like I said, that's kind of our go-to. It's a nice quick flight. It was our daughter's first. How long uh, is the flight? It's not quick. It's like same as Miami. Two and a half hours, exactly three Miami. hours. Exactly. It's really? literally yeah. offshore. You can swim. The, I mean, it's it's almost Miami, at, on the same degree of longitude as Miami, I yeah. think. Okay. It's li if you look at it on a map, the gap between the, the Southern Peninsula and, and Bahamas is like that, probably. It's very is it, is it south or is it east of Miami? It's, it's so southeast, I think. Southeast. But like I said, kind of parallel with Miami. Really? It's, yeah, it's it's pretty close. Watching so are the keys more south than it or no? I think, yeah, some of the keys. I mean, the Bahamas is multiple islands, but yeah, I'm talking yeah. about Nassau. The, the main, yeah, Nassau, the main one. So, yeah. So There's, uh, I, watched, I came across this thing on, on watching YouTube. And uh, actually, Mark, you would like this. There's a, so it's a, a couple, husband and wife, and he's got, um, you know, those open side fishing boats that have the center, the center console. Those are sweet. Very yeah. like Miami, like, you know, or whatever. They're sick. Um, anyways, this guy, I came across a channel and he was in like uh, Virgin Gordo or something. And I thought maybe he lives there, but I, after watching a couple, he lives in uh, Florida Keys and like every weekend they'll bomb down to an island. So even from there to Bahamas, like a 45 minute like drive on, like not obviously not the fastest boat in the world, I guess, but like it's, that's how close it is. Anyways, I just knew this channel. This guy basically, all he does is take the boat and goes fishing, like digs it across, deep sea fishing, pulls up on a random beach somewhere. Guts the fishes, cooks them, heads back the next day. That's cool. Yeah, those those things can move. They're usually equipped with like three or four, uh, you know, 250, 300 horsepower, sometimes even more outboard motors, and they can just, yeah, I don't know. It seems like a lot of horsepower for fishing. Maybe they're doing other extracurricular activities the, uh, uh, on weekends, the running, cocaine, <laughs> running cocaine through the islands. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that always reminds me when I think about that of uh, Miami Vice. Yeah. I was literally thinking, because Blow's usually the first one that comes to mind, but Miami Vice, <laughs> yeah, Miami yeah. Vice is a cool... Just just running around fishing, or, yeah, fishing, gutting <laughs> or like, fish. Or uh, bad boys. like bad the boys. Yeah, the, yeah, the drug runners and cigarette boats. Yeah. I actually tried to watch, 
I can't remember the movie. Beck and I were watching a movie and it made me remember Miami Vice. Try to find it. It's not on any streaming service. You got to buy it to watch it. I was pissed. Miami Vice. Yeah. Colin great. Farrell Colin, and uh, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Fox. That's a great oh, the movie. I thought yeah. you meant like the original series. No, the movie. Oh, Mark, remember, we're young, a lot younger. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm too old for this podcast. No, the best. <laughs> One of our older guests, actually. No, I'm kidding. I um, probably no, am. We, we've had more parents. Actually, you know moms. what? Donovan Bailey. Him and Donovan I got to be somewhere close. <laughs> you were like high school watching him run. Eh? You know, it's funny, eh? I, I was thinking back to well, your- Mark was in college by the your, university. Your podcast with Donovan ba- Bailey. And I remember how he uh, kept making reference to the fact that the Olympics were uh, were on pause. And, <laughs> yeah, and that was and that's pretty why much he's the there. only reason he could come. So- <laughs> So I was thinking, well, you know what? You guys are lucky that, you know, there's a construction strike. (laughs) I probably wouldn't be able to make it. So so you're you're welcome. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That was funny, though. He like he reiterated that like four or five times. It was actually even on the way out. Even on the way out the door. He said, yeah, you know, good thing for the Olympics. Uh, You guys are good kids. I like you. I like you. you You guys guys did that in in one of the condo units. In my condo. Yeah. Yeah, So it was so I could just imagine what was going through his head walking. through. Oh, my God. I was. We were ner- We started this podcast, the first maybe episode or two, I was kind of like, you know, I don't know about you, but I was like in my head a lot, like thinking a lot, do I sound dumb, do I this? I don't care about my, my, like the sound of my actual voice. A lot of people don't like their voice. I don't care. Like it's whatever. Mm-hmm. But I would be like, oh, did I say something like this, whatever? And I get a little bit nervous and like, you don't really think out what you're saying. And then we got kind of comfortable. And then when Donovan Bailey came over, I was like, sh- I was shitting my pants. I was like, I'm going to, am I, am I talking weird? Am I saying like weird things? starstruck or just, just, what was it? Just nervous? I think a little starstruck because it's Donovan Bailey. It's a big name, yeah. And like he's in my condo, like yeah. sitting on my couch. He's in your home, so, yeah. Like if I, fastest if I, man alive. At yeah. One point. Like putting that in perspective. Like, did you guys like do a run down the hallway together? We went down. He's the only guest that we went downstairs to meet him because we didn't want him to come all the way up to the door and just walk in. No, but you didn't do like like a time a trial, like a sprint in we the really hall. Should've. We should have. We should have. I got good. him to sign a picture. Actually, we got pictures signed. I went yeah. to Walmart. I printed out a couple. Of, you know that main picture of him, like when he oh, won yeah, the gold. Yeah. The, the that picture. That's yeah. So I got one. two. We got him. We got him to sign it. Oh, nice. He's the only person who ever asked for an autograph, eh? Well, we have basically everyone's, everyone's autograph. Yeah. yeah, you got to send the wolf for you go. I'll send Pen- the wolf Penny's for you guys. Penny's my like my like starstruck person. Penny's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. it's just because it's like Penny's fucking like literally the greatest Canadian yeah. Olympian. Yeah, right? yeah, that like, was that was nice. And she she came back a second time. Yeah, yeah. She came recently. Back a second that's time. cool. Was, what two months ago? Not yeah, even a month and a yeah. half ago. Very nice. Up there. Yeah. Over the top. There she is. Yeah, yeah. she's cool. I actually tagged her in something the other day. She responded. She messaged me. I was like, I love you, Penny. She posted a video of me getting roasted about how bad of a swimmer I am. Yeah, she's good, man. <laughs> At one point, I told her, we were talking about swimming laps or swimming in the pool. My first time going to Rick. And we, Ricky and I did- like 500 or something. 500 meters. And, and a Which like a normal pool. person's all right. Like, so it took me probably with rest because Ricky kept stopping. Like, you know, I was, I was dying. And it took me about like 30 minutes all in all to complete those laps. We broke, we stopped a lot more than probably necessary, but still like I was, I was gassed. <laughs> so when, I, when Penny, I told her like, if, yeah, I got in the pool first time swimming. We did 500 meters. She's like, how long did it take you? And I was like, well, half an hour. She goes, what? She goes, that takes us like seven, five minutes. That's <laughs> seven our warm min- up. That's our warm up. Seven minutes. We swim like, they swim like four kilometers or something. Unbelievable. That's As a warm up. The, no, the no, four, no that's the like 500 training. is like the warm-up, yeah. They're, her training, each practice is like f- 5K. Yeah. And that takes them probably the same as it took me to do 500 meters. Yeah, yeah that's impressive. Um, anyways. She was sick. We, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Bahamas again. Your, your, ideal, uh, your ideal vacation. Well, a cigar room on a poker floor. <laughs> yeah. I Are mean, you the it gambler? doesn't get... You know what? I'm not... 
No, no, it depends not who you ask. Right? Say good or big? big. No, he said big. Okay, I say not good. So, but big. so no. Like, listen, I, I don't think I'm a big gambler. Like, you'll never see me in like a casino ram or going down to Niagara. Like, yeah. I just, I, I don't care about gambling enough to ever want to do that. But when, when we're vacation, like in yeah. Vegas or we're like in Bahamas, especially if I'm with George, it's like. It just gets out of control. Yeah. And, you know, to a point where I, I think there was a time at my bachelor party, I was asking strangers for money because I just, <laughs> we were having too good of a time. And you know what? I ended up maxing out my, my debit card. <laughs> Guys, we so I many. couldn't draw any more. And I, and I was, no, I had a few asking, drinks, like, right? Like, George, no, no, I was asking George, strangers at the money. table. <laughs> and these guys, they're like, I'm the pretty fuck? sure they went to the pit boss and asked if they could have me removed. But then when they found out it was my uh, my bachelor party, they said, no, no, it's all good. But uh, no, in all seriousness, you know what? Uh, I'm not a big gambler, but when we, it's it's all about it's being good, around good company, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. When you're with good, good people and, and you know, when you're on a hot table and everybody's happy, you know, you're hitting yeah. cards, it's a lot of fun, right? You really, yeah. like, I, I don't know, for me, I feed off that and, and, you know, it's just in general with people, right? When everybody's having a good time, you enjoy it and, you know, I, that's why to say like to go to Niagara or, or Casino yeah, Ram or whatever Ram people that. go here, it's like you go there and it's a bunch of people with oxygen <laughs> tanks and in wheelchairs it's just kind of and scummy it's like, right yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like it, nobody it, it feels like you're going there like because you like, you're addicted yeah it doesn't look yeah like nobody's really when having, you're in yeah, vegas like, or bahamas even if you know what's funny even if you're at like a um like a regular hotel in the uh the caribbean like, like put the can on yeah, yeah when you're down there you go to those hotels there they're shit hotels in the whole like i'm oh, sorry shit casino in the hotel you still have fun in there it doesn't feel like you're going to a grungy casino when you go to like rama or something like yeah. There's a lot of like, you know, the older people playing the slots. Like oh, you've been there for yeah. like eight hours. Tell you a story. Yeah. George and I have a story about Rama. So to Mark's point, like, yeah, like I'm, I don't consider myself a big gambler, but like if I'm, if there's like a casino there, like in Vegas, I'm going to go play. Like you'll play a little bit today, a little tomorrow, you know, maybe come back from the bar. You play till 4am. Like it happens. Right. Yeah. Um, not to the point where like, you know, you're just like fucking going broke, but it's, it's fun. I actually like, even just like sitting at the table, even playing minimum bets. I love the, like being on a casino floor when it's like chaos and busy, you know, like we're at Caesars, yeah. we're at Caesars People yelling, jumping around. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. So like, yeah, I agree with Mark on that. Like that I'll, I'll also gamble when I'm on vacation. Um, but I remember we were, um, we were up North with our family, like all of us, uh, my parents too. And uh, Mark and I were like, we have nothing to do on like a Friday night. Let's it go to Rambo. Like, it was winter time. Yeah. yeah. We, were, we were like bored. There like, was not much dinner. to do. Friday night. Yeah. <clears throat> it was like an hour drive from where we were. Yeah. So we got to go. It's around the lake. <laughs> so we get there. We walk in. We're like, wow, this is like kind of dated. Like, so depressing. <laughs> yeah. Like even walking in, it's not like, you know, in Vegas, you walk in, you're the ding, 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 ding. Like it's exciting. And George and I walk in this casino. We're all like jumping up and down, like <laughs> hugging each other. Like, yeah. yeah. We're like, we're going to go on a heater. We're going to take this place for everything. And then we get in there and it's like, oh my God, man. It was like, yeah. It's, it's like, it, it feels almost like a banquet hall had a casino a casino in it. Like, a, like a stag casino Yeah, setup. yeah, exactly. Just a bunch of dudes and... <laughs> Okay. No, but that's what it's like. So anyway, a couple odd chicks. So, in the yeah, exactly. So we had like a couple. I don't know. Probably had a, like two hundred bucks. I'm like, I'll play for a little bit. But then we're looking around. We're like, man, like I really like. You got to feel the table too when you're at a casino. You walk around. You got to like, okay, this is the one. Or you see some good people. You want to sit with them. People having fun. Yeah, good exactly. energy. Good energy. Good vibes. All that. Um, but we couldn't get that feel. And you see people like again. We saw like a guy like with an oxygen tank while smoking a cigarette. We're like, what is happening here? <laughs> And I was like, I, I look at Mark. I was like, and Mark's like, I don't know if it was you said it to me. You're like, 
you know it's so weird like you know in vegas you hear like cheering you hear people like getting excited for winning Having fun mark's like I, have you heard that yet <laughs> and as he says this i hear someone behind me at the roulette table go yeah they're cheering i turn around i kid you not it was like a 25 cent bet so they won like four dollars on roulette yeah. yeah and they were like maybe it was a dollar and it pays like you know seven to one they're going nuts and i was like man we have to leave this is not the energy we I literally walked that. out that was so funny we, we just go, we just walked out we were waiting for that excitement finally it came and it was like holy shit this guy must have hit huge right george turns around he's like that guy won four dollars <laughs> we literally left we walked out um but there's another one other story that i always remember so I'm not like I, I know the rules of black. Or we play blackjack mostly. You like roulette too, I think. Uh, yeah, but, I, I go wherever the excitement is. Like yeah, but blackjack yeah. and roulette, craps. You know what I, I I like to observe. Yeah, but like blackjack. So we usually play like blackjack together, and I I like I know the game, but I'll still, out of courtesy, ask the dealer if I don't I'm not really sure. But like, there's also I guess an etiquette at blackjack. You play for the table to win, whatever, right? You oh know yeah. This. You so, know nothing about that, George. Let's get serious. No, there's no, but, such, okay. there's no such thing as etiquette when you're gambling. So I didn't. Well, I, I but I actually didn't know that. Like for a few, like a couple times, I went to Vegas, and I think you told me that. So I was like, oh, I didn't know. So you know, you always defer to people if they have more money, whatever. So now that's like for the last little while, you always play for the table to win, right? You want to beat the house, and I'll always ask. And one time, Mark and I were playing, and we were doing like okay up and down, and then I started. I remember I was winning a little bit. <laughs> And I would ask the dealer, like, what do you do? And he'd be like, oh, that's a, is that a double? He'd be like, that's a double. Mark's like, don't double. And I'd be like, like, fuck it, double down. And I, I would hit, and I'd win. And Mark's like, you shouldn't have double, but good job. So then the next time it comes back, I ask Mark. I'm like, what would you do? He's like, just hit, don't double. I go, what would you do? He goes, double. I'm like, let's double, let's go. Double, I win. So now I'm like getting drunk a little bit, and I was but, like, double on everything. Hang on a second, because you know what? I, I think my version of the story is it like... <laughs> You're not wrong in saying that, <laughs> but there's wrong. more to this story, okay? <laughs> yeah. Because you saw it from from your lens, okay? Yeah, and yeah. from my lens is that that card you pulled, you would have won that hand regardless. Yeah, yeah. Okay? But that card you kept pulling was the dealer's bus card, and I kept losing. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> so he's getting all excited yeah, and he's yeah, winning. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you would win anyways <laughs> if you didn't take the dealer's bus card, and you'd I would also win. So we could both be happy. You're Instead, right. you're celebrating jumping around, and I'm losing a shit ton of money here. That's that's probably exactly George what happened. George got a 14, pulls so, a 7, dealer so showing now, 16. So now his, like, you know, his head's all inflated. He's like, yeah, you know, double down on everything. That, and this, yeah. so, Mark's oh. like, no, don't. I was like, always double down. So anytime an opportunity came to double down, I'd do it. Eventually, I stopped because I could tell Mark. And Mark and I think the table was not really con- being uh, vibing with it. Um, oh, yeah. I anyways. Just, I was just going through all my <laughs> chips there, and I just see them going all towards George. It was, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty <laughs> That was, But that was a while ago. That might have even been like Bahamas, maybe. No, that was Vegas. Was it the same time when me and you were in Vegas, and we stayed at the Wynn, when me, you, and the Kitazakas no, girls went? No, And me and you went on that heater? We stayed at Caesars. That was when your, your, uh, Georgia came and Christine came. Yes. And we went to watch uh, the Belmont Steaks. Yes. Yeah, we wa- yeah we watched it. It was in uh, for Yanni and Hannah's like stag and thing. That's right. The Belmont Steaks were on. We went, oh, bet, I, we went and bet on horses too. We lost that. Oh too. yeah, that was terrible. That was you know terrible. we're going uh, next weekend. I heard. I heard yeah, that. Yeah. That's that's gonna be a great. Trip. Good for you guys. I uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good. One. We got a good group. For uh, good, it'll be a good time. Down who there. who made the decision? That that's pretty. Uh, pretty Marty did actually. Yeah, yeah it was Marty because he wanted to for his bash party. He wanted to do like an event, so he wanted to do June. So hockey and basketball are kind of out at that point because you can't plan an event around playoffs. Too tough. 
long yeah you're right far yeah like far, like far enough a, in like, advance. but he was specific about a sporting event or he, just yeah well he wanted like a, a, some sort of event that was different he's not a big concert yeah. or festival guy okay. so music's out sure he's a sport guy but again it's too tough to plan to prepare for mm. playoffs right because you, you have to plan like week of for that so that yeah. was out um so we thought originally it was kentucky derby was an option scottsdale was an option to go like golfing and right. whatever but then he's like, no, I kind of want to do an event. And then New York, the idea of New York came up because it's like quick. It's not too far. You could do kind of 48 hours, 72 hour thing. So then I don't know how the, who brought up the idea of Belmont. I think it was actually him. And he's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Belmont Stakes, New York right. kind of, he wanted to do Bagatelle. So that was like Bagatelle plus Belmont Stakes. And then, yeah, Bagatelle closed down during yeah. COVID. So they never reopened. But yeah, so we have Friday's beer garden or like we're going for like after work drinks. Nice. We're going to do St. John. No, so, Bleakers. So you're going to stay in, in downtown New York? Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. That's me. That's, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, okay. So we have, I think we're on the, we get there Friday, early afternoon. So I think we're doing either um, John Street Pizza or, or uh, Bleaker Street or one whatever. Of them, one of those like, one of the well, Moretti's a pizza guy, right? Yeah, so yeah. That, that makes so we're doing that. Guy. Big Then we're guy. doing like an afternoon, like after work drinks, beer market, whatever. Then we have a dinner, Tao. Saturdays the horse race basically all day. And how far is this horse race outside? So of New York? the problem is depending on traffic because no traffic is a forty-five minute drive. Yeah. But there's going to be drive. traffic. I mean, that's probably a huge be, event. Might be a two-hour yeah. ride. I so that's what they say. It's like from Manhattan, they say prepare for like two hours. I like randomly, I'll check Google Maps like in the middle of the day sometimes, and I'm like, hey, what's it look like at noon on a, on a Thursday? And it's like an hour. Oh, okay. And sometimes you look at it five o'clock on a Friday. Two and a half hours. Oh shoot! Saturday, and yeah. you can't stay somewhere more local than. The promise, you're not. Yeah, it's you're not out of move, like. Right? It's in like. A, it's not. It's next to Brooklyn. I think it's like. It's so it's over the. You guys okay, gotta so bring like the motorhome back. Where, where did that yeah, thing go? <laughs> we actually that would have. <laughs> yeah, right. it's near Queens. <laughs> so the thing, and mind you, Rufus the Soul is also playing there on Saturday night. So, you know, Ricky. Know you know, Ricky will go anywhere for a DJ he likes. Rick's they're gonna they're ditch not even us. DJs. They're not DJs. They're electronic. Electronic music. Yeah. Me and Tom. Yeah. Timothy. Timothy, it's uh, it's gonna be good. Yeah. Like we're there for like five hours, but we got good seats. We got like some box or some club or something. So it's like VIP all, not all access, but you get VIP. It's like all you can eat, all you can drink, oh, and sweet. it's like not just beer and wine. It's like all you can drink, everything. Nice, which yeah. is nice. Full open See, bar. You guys are gonna be in rough shape after that. Oh, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got a we got like a he read like a. And you're gonna take a two hour drive. Oh, a bus. A bus. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not gonna do like Ubers and stuff. So we'll be there from like I think the main race is at seven. Yeah. But the thing is like so. Cause I did the I went with Ben. I think you know this. When I was when I met Ben in Melbourne, That's right. we did the Melbourne Cup. Mm -hmm. That was my first ever horse race ever. I, yeah, I remember you talking about. Oh, that. It's, it's so much fun! Like even just being down there, like when the races start going, people like it isn't exciting. Like it's almost like watching what I would imagine like the Olympic hundred meter dash. Like people get amped up, they all stand up, like everyone's cheering for their horses, and there's money on the line. Like sure. everyone's betting, so they're all animated, right? Um, but going with him in Melbourne was really cool. Not as big of an event though. Like Belmont Cup is, I didn't know this, is the third race in the Triple Crown. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I thought that, but then I looked it up, or someone or someone said to me, no, it's not a Triple Crown race. It is. Yeah. But then I looked after Kentucky and I saw it that is. it was. Yeah. yeah. So that's gonna be like it's pretty of horse races. One of the probably. Do you, do you know what the shitty part is though? There's no chance for it to be like a Triple for, Crown. Yeah. This year. Oh, there's no contenders. There's two, uh, two separate winners. Two separate. Winners. Yeah, and the horse that won the the Preakness. Oh uh, no! When the Kentucky Derby didn't race the Preakness, yeah, and, oh, and it no. was like a crazy underdog, like crazy underdog. Yeah. It was like fifty to one or something. Yeah. 
Wow. Only you know, that's, I'm only betting on like the, the bottom five. <laughs> you have to. You have I'm to. only you betting the bottom to, five. Right, to make yeah. money. You have yeah. to. Especially if you don't know what you're doing, right? Just I, make I, it, just make it you know, The best is when you hear people online, they're like, oh, that horse, the jockey, his oh, brother's wife yeah. recently <laughs> had an affair. So you know the horse is messed up. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> what does the brother's yeah. wife's affair have to do with anything? Oh, the guy who, who trips the, uh, who clips the horses, uh, what do they call them? The Toenail, hoofs? hoofs, whatever. Hoofs? Yeah, they changed them up last year. <laughs> But that's but no, that's you're right. People believe that in race. No, no, I know, they study it closely. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Does that, but it's funny. Yeah, you talk oh, about the jockey how, got a new whip. This one's got two feathers yeah, instead or the, or the, of three. Yeah, Doesn't the, whip as hard. Yeah, yeah, that's too funny. You know, you talk about how uh, these guys get all excited at the race. I mean, I, my only experience with horse races is seeing those guys in those like off track betting. You know places oh like Wags or the uh, the sports book in like Vegas, and it's yeah. like you see all these degenerate guys. They're just whipping their laps <laughs> yeah. with these with these pamphlets and uh, jockeying their you imaginary ever see those horse little, down like, the betting, track. Um, they're not like betting stores, but they're like horse betting rooms, like almost champions. Yeah, something. yeah, this yeah. is exactly what I'm thinking. Yes, about. yes. There was one near Westwood uh, Westwood Hockey Arena or Chesswood, one of the wo- hockey arenas with that ends. That's in right. Woods. Yeah, they had an and there's track. a yeah there's a champions or like one of those like right. horse betting rooms like next door to the rink and you go there it's just like how you guys describe casino rama picture that but like five times worse more depressing yeah like yeah. you know what i mean like, like in some of these guys just came straight from work they yeah. just got paid it's thursday yeah, you know yeah, that's, the yeah. deposit just got put in their account and they're like okay we gotta go yeah. we gotta win we gotta win the mortgage this week it's like bro you just spent like you just spent little yeah. johnny's fucking hockey league yeah. money in like an hour what the fuck that's a crazy one like it's I feel like we should say if you if you're gonna gamble, gamble responsibly. You know the ads that the gambling websites all say. Yeah, yeah. Like, boom! And don't, insert it right here. And definitely do not come gamble in Vegas with Mark and I. Yeah, but gamble don't go with me. Maybe on. Mark. Come on, go it's with Mark. a good time. It's we're we're, we're more responsible. <laughs> gamble what you, you gamble what you can afford to lose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark and I, the, the <laughs> I don't know how you said it, but there's always a joke I think of. Like Mark, we were at the casino. Like you got good one liners, but I remember like the first time we went. I can't. I'm gonna butcher this, and I don't remember how how it goes. But we're like playing. It was like our first time maybe in Vegas or the Bahamas or something. And uh, I was like, "Where are you going?" He goes, "I'm going to the only table or the only uh, machine where I'm a winner, the ATM." <laughs> or, 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 or I win every like, time. Yeah, he's like something like that, or he's like he was taking money. He was like, "Oh, I, I am a winner." <laughs> except that, and except then we that, yeah, like, like I won. <laughs> and the cash comes out. Yeah. yeah, I remember he said that to me, and I was like hysterical. I don't know why I found it so funny, and he says it every time we're like in a casino. I find it the fun. Yeah. I think it's the funniest. Yeah, joke. I have like, classic my jokes dad are joke. Pretty lame. Yeah, <laughs> classic I'm, I'm, I'm dad notorious for it. But the thing is, I think what makes them so funny is I just I abuse these jokes. Like I just beat them to death mm-hmm. to the point where they actually become funny. But uh, yeah, that's a good one. I like to, yeah. to say over and over again. But um, yeah, this all this talk about gambling now. I don't. Know, I'm, I'm feeling kind of depressed. We should and go to Vegas. Excited at the same time. We should go to Vegas. I'd, hey, listen, I'd love to go to Vegas. You went recently, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I was. Um, Wait, sorry. Before favorite casino in Vegas, casino or hotel. Hang casino. on, hang on. Like okay, so fi- uh, the hotel casinos count, obviously. But your favorite, favorite place to lose like, money in Vegas. Oh, that's that's a good question. I can answer this you one. You know what? Okay, you go first. Yeah, because so. I think my favorite casino to be in because of how it looks and like it's nice is the Win Encore Casinos. Okay, oh, yeah. and I think it's a hotel too. But I've never. I think we won one time there. That time we went to that heater at yeah. night. We usually like, don't I've, win in the nice casinos. Yeah, I find I find that like I the nicer <clears throat> the casino you lose. But my favorite one to gamble at is uh, is honestly Caesar's Palace because the way it's set up, there's like a pit. So when you come in the main thing, they also renovated it. I, was, I walked in, I was like, this is brighter than last time. 
He's like, yeah, we did whatever. They opened it up and shit. So like, it actually has, it looks even bigger now. But Caesars is cool because it's Caesars. And yeah, like not Caesar for the- Caesar live here? He live yeah, here? like I, not for the cliche <laughs> reason for that joke, but like it's, it's really nice. I also didn't know this. It was built in, I think, the 60s. Like it's the really original season. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've renovated it. Stuff. Oh my god, they, they've expanded it and renovated. <clears throat> yeah, you know, Isn't over it in the Godfather too. When they're talking about Godfather three, Caesars is, but yeah, it's there's a lot of history yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, those old hotels in Vegas are are there's <coughs> they're so cool. There's yeah. so much history, and and obviously everybody knows the old part of Vegas. It was a Fremont Street yeah, yeah. and. Uh, or four months or whatever. Three months. Like three months. Okay. So um, you can zip line the, down. The it. last yeah. point about Caesars, which is cool too, is because now they have Omnia nightclub there. So like if you're there on a Friday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, and you're like in the pit, it's a little bit more like where the gambling is, but then there's like a, the part that kind of the walkway towards the casinos yeah, where there's yeah. like a bar. Then there's the other tables and then everyone's lining up to get in. So like there's a lot of energy. It's busy. It's good. Caesars by far, I think. Caesars is a good one. I, I like, I do like the like the win, like the the yeah. nicer hotels, the, uh, the Encourage, the windows, Venetian to some extent. But you know what? It's funny when I when I first started going because we used to go down quite a bit every year for the um, construction for the for the World of Concrete show, right? First you go time. for World of Concrete? I, I I used to go actually every year. Um, I shouldn't say every year, like it was this, like so many times, but you know there was like few back to back to back years, but. You know, it was a good time because you get to hang out with people in the industry and, um, you know, suppliers we, take you out. Uh, yeah, a little bit of that. But, you, you know, it's more just to kind of, you know, see people that you don't get yeah. to see every day. And, you know, my, my dad, obviously, you know, been in the industry a long time and, you know, seeing some of his old friends, you know, get to reconnect <clears throat> that way. So so I like that aspect of it. But what I was saying is when, when I used to go down back in those days, um, I loved gambling at the Palms. Like the Palms was was obviously off the strip. Pain, kind of a bit of a pain in the ass to get to. Um, not that it was far, but just nobody really went out there. You couldn't walk there. Um, but it, it was so much. They used to have this Playboy Lounge. I don't know if they still do. Um, it was just, it was like that energy that we talked about. A yeah. lot of fun. People uh, winning more than time, four bucks. You know, eh? and, and when you're there, yeah. People, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you know, when you're winning money too, it always creates good memories. So so that always stands out as a- It's as actually a, so true you say that, yeah. Yeah, it stands out as a as Nobody a remembers the time they casino. lost. I just remember I the time remember some won. of them. Yeah, well, I, I remember the how much I lost. Too, quite a bit. Depends on what you lost. Yeah, Mark remembers the times he won because they're few and far between. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, this is this is not a lie. Um, but so not to cut you off, the I so that's the one casino I haven't been to, and I've always wanted to go to that side because mm. like Palms is there, the Rio and stuff. Like, but the Palms is like is I think known for like the, their gambling. I I think uh, that's kind of yeah what they're known because it's not a it's not a strip hotel. Right? Yeah, so yeah. It needs people need to be drawn there for something. Yeah. So it was all centered around the gambling and this Playboy Lounge, and I think they did uh, like a few. Um, what was it? MTV Video Awards there. Like, wasn't was World was, Series of Poker there? Pop, I'm sure. I'm sure there was yeah. so much of that. So UFC and, used to be there as well. Actually. Yeah, and another one too was like the Hard Rock. Like I, I think the Hard Rock had rehab. Uh, like the, 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 the pool, party. pool party. I love that place. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. I don't know. Again, I say back in the day as if like it was all, all these years ago. They may still have it, but uh, you know, Hard Rock. Jeez, I sound like a real degenerate gambler talking about all these casinos. No, but but, but, but to your point, though, like when uh, Becca and I just went. So the first few times we went to Vegas, Ricky and I would go with our buddies. And like we would never, because we, we'd be just going to the events, the parties. We wouldn't really see the strip. But like when we went together with like our, uh, with Georgia, Yanni, everybody, like we walked the strip more. The last couple times I've gone, I was there with Dirkley once and with Becca recently. Like we literally just walk into every casino, just look yeah. around, see what it's like. And like you can... You, even I haven't gambled everywhere, but like even just walking in, you can tell the ones that have a better vibe, better atmosphere. Oh yeah, better like the crowd is a little bit, you know, more. 
like a better vibe. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. The last couple of times I, I, I was in Vegas, I, I don't even think I gambled. In fact, you know, and I didn't realize this, you know, my first few times going there, but there's so much to do even outside of Vegas, right? And and obviously more people are exploring yep. that. But one of the things we like to do, and, and George, you've been a part of this. Ricky, I don't know if you've ever been, but like Zion Park in Utah, for example, like that's only a two and a half Wait, hour drive. it's in Utah? Yeah. I always thought it was in Nevada. No. Zion is oh, in shit. Utah. So two and a half hour drive outside of Vegas, probably <laughs> one of the most beautiful, most picturesque uh, landscapes you'll ever see. It's uh, it's unbelievable. And, you know, I, kind of the only way to get there, the only efficient way to get there is through Vegas. So we would land there, you know, jump in a car and, and just drive out to Utah. And and what a amazing experience that is. We've been a few times, uh, you know, obviously no casinos, but that's okay. <laughs> Uh, but you can't beat that landscape, the hiking, the, the yeah, nature, yeah. the wildlife. It's, it's unbelievable. I'm, so. uh, are you going for uh, Con Expo next year? No, I'm not. No? I'm not. I, maybe World of Concrete. Because yeah, they're back to back, right? Are, I think do they? Okay, the I've same. never been to Con No, they're Expo. two weeks apart. I think two weeks apart. Are they? Okay. Well, Con Expo is the biggest. It's the second biggest trade show in Vegas, I think. The biggest one, I think, is a dental. No, the biggest oh, the biggest con convention in, in Vegas. In Vegas, yeah, the is biggest one. It's a dental or a doctor convention Come in on. Vegas. It's the biggest convention in Vegas. Because I don't know for hundred percent, but my my dad I says that. I would have like Comic Con or something. No, no, Comic Con or or no, uh, Comic Con or the the one CES. That, yeah, uh, you know, I want to Google big, biggest conferences or, or biggest convention. expos yeah. conventions in Vegas. The biggest one in the world is uh, is Boma. The one in Germany. In Germany, yes. That's yeah, right. I that's said the biggest Germany, expo, yeah. I think, in the actual construction world. Construction expo. Is it construction or is it the biggest expo in the world oh, maybe, in general? Maybe in the world, but I know from like, a construction like point, everybody people. talks about this BOMA. I've never been, but... Yeah, I need a vibe, but I heard it's fucking yeah, wild. Yeah. It's like the size of a city. Really? Uh, yeah. Is the biggest? In, CES. What's CES again? What? It's a technology one. They announced new technologies. Yeah. Okay. okay. So then it's World of Concrete is four. They're all a bunch of acronyms. We don't yeah. know what they are. But well, CES and World of, World of Concrete, you said? Is the two, two biggest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, well, yeah, right, so I, yeah, I'm going next year, though. I'm going to do Scottsdale and Vegas. So I'm going to do an eight-day trip or something. Like like fly? So I'll fly out probably. I don't know what I'll do first, if I do Vegas or if I do um, Scott, Scottsdale first, depending on like schedule and like, work and what it's like. But I'll probably go Friday after work to Scottsdale. Leave it like an afternoon flight. So you got Friday night, Scottsdale, Saturday, Scottsdale, Sunday, Scottsdale. Monday's like a, a relaxed day. Nice. Tuesday through Sunday, Vegas. Oh. So so oh. I've done that drive before from from Vegas to Scottsdale. That's a gorgeous drive. Yeah, we did it. Me and my brother. Oh, did you it. have yeah, done yeah, it. Okay, because uh, I was going to say you could see Sedona. Right before COVID. So the weekend before COVID, we were, it was, sorry, two weekends before COVID really shut down the world. We Grand were in Canada. Scottsdale. Mm -hmm. And then we went straight to Vegas for the, for the Connex where we did Vegas. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I flew home Thursday, and that's like yeah, shut down. Fridays when it started to like get bad. I think that we went into lockdown on Sunday or Monday. Yeah, that that week. Cool. So, he was literally in Vegas, like yeah, again, patient zero over here. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing how much Vegas has changed too. Like I know even from the time I started going, which again was what fifteen years ago, maybe. <laughs> Is that your first time for like? 15? I no, my first time actually. I was I was like, below gambling age. Uh, really? My parents actually took me. I was probably 16, 15. How different? Like what my sister it was and like? I, they brought. So um, 
I mean, that was an interesting experience. First time in Vegas. And I, and I was kind of glad I was exposed at that age because it, it could be pretty overwhelming yeah, yeah. as a first timer. Uh, so, you know what, uh, it was nice to, uh, to see that, but, uh, yeah, what I was saying, like, it's just, I feel like it's changed so much from even back then. I mean, my first time the the wind wasn't even, uh, was, wasn't existent. Sorry, Danielle, I don't know what list you're looking at. I got the top five right here. You, George, you were correct. CES is the biggest 180,000. Um, the automotive one is, is number two at 160. Three is con expo 130. Four is the National Association of Broadcasters, 100,000. Wow. And then Magic is 80,000. I'm going to the Magic one. And, and so Con Expo, does that include World of Concrete? No. It's that's just that's separate, a totally that's separate. Three, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, sorry. You were, but you were saying it's... Uh, yeah, the wind I'm was... just saying how much it's changed, right? And there was that period there. I think it was like uh, early 2010s, I guess, after the t- 2009 uh, crisis they had in the States there. Like there was some... Uh, big yeah. projects that got put on hold and that was pretty depressing to see these you know empty shell buildings uh high rise still they're one of them the one yeah, behind right. the win you're right actually there's one that they they ended up making it look like the win no it's open now yeah that one's open but that yeah. one there i from what i remember that was like they built the structure and then they just abandoned it and it stayed like that for like five years yeah you're uh, right actually because that one stayed about. like that it's called resort world exactly um, yeah and it, it's like a really cheap knockoff of the win it looks like right it looks exactly like it from the outside like identical but it's got four hotels in two ta- so picture like one giant tower i think like one of the wins mm-hmm. Which is so weird because you I see the wind in the encore. That. They like you think that because they're two towers, they look small. They are enormous. Like both towers oh, yeah, are enormous. But you're right though; it's deceiving. They don't look very big from a distance. But right. they're they're, they're, they're yeah, they, like, I feel like they look big. They look like I would say they look like um, like pick a tower downtown that's not like the the TD tower, the biggest one. Like, like it city looks place. like those two buildings. But you know what? Place. I don't think you can compare that footprint to anything you see here in Toronto. Like oh. those landscapes, like those footprints in Vegas are massive. Like they're they're like shopping centers. It's, they're so bigger than the well. Yeah. Probably. The, the the coolest part is that they don't. Again, I actually see what you're saying because when you think about it, it's like, oh, that hotel's so close, I can just walk there. Yeah. And then it's like an eight minute walk or a ten minute walk from one building to the next. Oh. You're like, it's what the from, fuck just happened? Because Caesar's Palace, there's three, there's two hotels. Um, Caesar's Palace, Treasure Island. Then there's a bridge to cross the road, and yeah. the wind starts there. It's a 30 minute walk. Yeah. Well, even sorry, just, sorry. The Mirage. Just is there, um, I stayed, what, what do they walk. call the underground shops at Caesar's? The forums. The forums. That itself is big too. Like you don't realize oh, yeah. how massive it's that like is. Shopping it's like, mall. Yorkdale. It's a shop, yeah. It's crazy. Really like Yorkdale. Crazy. Yeah. Um, what I want to say. So the resort. So wait, wait, one, sorry. Did we did we answer the original question? No. Are you Palms? Yeah. Favorite yeah. hotel. You said. Caesars at like win and encore, but Caesars. Okay, the best. and then what was yours? Palms. Palms was mine. I'd say now favorite favorite in Vegas. Caesars. Caesars. Yeah, let's go. There's just just so much happening there. I love it. Yeah, with the cigar lounge there too. Yeah, yeah. I, was there. I still remember this. I don't... We, were at, we were at the pool, and Mark I think went in, and I had like sh- like short shorts on. I was in the cigar lounge, a bunch of light dudes around, all like. At least in jeans, and I'm there like stains on my shirt, like short oh, yeah. bathing suits. I like could, smoking a cigar. I could spend the entire day there. It's you know I don't follow many sports, or you know I'm not big in like who's a celebrity and all that. I don't really care about that. But I can tell you, well I can't tell you because I don't know. But I'm I'm positive that I was sitting next to like famous basketball players and football players, actors because like these like super jacked guys with like two hundred thousand dollar watches were like sitting next to me smoking cigars and like people were coming up to him taking pictures with them and like i'm sitting here by myself i'm like i don't know who this guy is did, uh, did george but, ever tell you who my dad played with 
So my dad won a poker tournament at Caesars. I'm talking about in the cigar lounge, though. But yes, you're right. Playing cards or whatever. There's so you you do come you, across yeah. interesting like people. You played. You bought. You, was it you that told me you bumped into people? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've never. Every, I've never no. bumped into a celebrity. My, in Vegas, so my dad been a lot. In, he played in one of the tournaments. So you know, you go in the room. They have the tournaments. You pay whatever. It's right. Like Two hundred dollars entry yeah. fee. Um, you don't even win that much. I think it's like there's like two hundred players, and you win like five grand, even though it's a two hundred dollars entry fee or something. Something crazy. It's like barely worth. It. But again, you get the little chip that says you want a fucking tournament. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So my dad's playing, he texts me, hey, do you know a Khaled? That's all he said. Hey, do you know a Khaled? And I read this text, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, who, is this a friend of mine named Khaled? Is this like a person, is this a company? It's like, do you know a Khaled? I'm like, dad, you gotta be a little bit more specific. Did he spell it right? Like, I'm, it's K-H-A-L-E-D. Oh, like so I was like, oh, like, do you mean a famous person? He goes, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so there's DJ Khaled and then there's Khalid. The the singer, right? So I'm like, is he a big dude with a like a big like Persian looking dude with a beard? Blah blah. blah. He goes, yeah, yeah, that guy. He's like, I'm sitting beside him, just finished playing poker with him. I'm like, that's too funny. Did you take a picture? He goes, no, I didn't want it. I didn't want to bother. Too many people were taking pictures. But is he famous? I was like, yeah, dad. He's like really famous, like really famous. And I'm like, then I literally sent them. I sent them like a clip of like um, what's Khaled's thing that he says at the beginning of songs. Another one is DJ. Oh, you're talking Another about one. DJ Khaled. Yeah, DJ Khaled. That's who you're playing one. with. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about. Okay, I got yeah, you. Yeah. So then he had long story short, he ended up playing with him. He beat him apparently <clears throat> and won the tournament. <clears throat> what's um? What's your favorite? I'm not a gambler. You guys know. But I, like talk about, I can talk about Vegas for a yeah, yeah. Episode. I think we've been talking about Vegas for, for, no, for I love me. It. Like, just I, keep going. I, I like Vegas. Vegas. I want to ask you about uh, Zion and stuff after. Yeah, go ahead. No, no. Let's hear. I don't care to gamble. So forget about gambling. What's your favorite hotel? What's your favorite environment in Vegas? Um, List them all. I would probably say Encore Beach Club is my favorite place to be there. So you, you know what? what? Yeah, I I agree. Oh my god, I don't even want to talk. Tell the story about Encore Beach Club, and or maybe I should. Yeah, definitely tell Wait, it. What? When we went down for your twenty fifth birthday? Was it my twenty? No, twenty fifth, twenty seven. Who celebrates a 27th birthday in, well, in Vegas? You, I thought it was you like... No, you didn't come for my 25th you didn't, you I, there Where was 25th. the one where, with the 20, fire engine? 27. That was okay, so I, I have you, to tell But that was because Dimitri and Costa went down, and I was like, oh, let's go. So we, me, you, and Yanni went down as well. They were there yeah, already. Right. They did the show. We just tagged yeah. on. Okay. <clears throat> so, <laughs> so this was to date, and I've been to a fair amount of places around the world. The most expensive trip I've ever been on and my flight and my hotel were paid for by George and it still managed to be my most expensive trip. Wait, credit to Yanni too. Paid by me and And I was there for four days. Forget that we spent, you know, three weeks in Africa. (laughs) Forget that we spent, you know, six weeks in Europe. This four-day trip in Vegas that I even pay the flight for or the hotel (laughs) for George's birthday was the most expensive trip I've ever been on. Yeah, yeah, I have a hard. I still, you know, so George's budget. Whenever George budgets, oh, something, yeah. add fifty percent. Oh no, this was like add five thousand. Wait, hold on, hold on. I feel like a lot of those th- that cost came from gambling because there's we didn't yeah, do yeah, a lot. That, no, I, I I took that into account as well, but but that really was <laughs> still your fault, George. Still no, your but fault. I remember because we were at Encore Beach and I'm like, guys, don't worry, I'll, I'll set this booth up. I'll, I'll take care. Oh of yeah, yeah. I, I so believe we, me. I, I we, will never forget that. We so, bought the cabana, and I said, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be like five hundred bucks each guy. So I got to tell this story, George. Come on, you're killing it, man. So so. So, I, you know, and, and, you know, to be honest with you, I wasn't even, I didn't even want to go to Vegas. I wanted to go for George's birthday, obviously, but I was so busy with work and I was, you know, so much stuff going on. And George was like, you got to come. Come on. I already paid for your hotel. I paid for your flight. I'm like, what am I going to do now? So, 
So uh, I said, okay, let, let's let's do Vegas, right? So I remember I flew down with Yanni, okay? And and for people who know Yanni, George's brother, know he's a pretty frugal guy, right? He's he's really oh, down yeah. to earth, very frugal. So Opposite he's, of George. He's the type of guy, like, he'll pack his own snacks for the flight just so he doesn't have to, like, buy them at the airport. Like, Shut he'll bring up. them no, in Ziploc bags. <laughs> yeah. Yanni packs little ham and cheese sandwiches, <laughs> eh? Okay, so, you know, you know and, 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 you know, it's nice. Like, he'll bring his novel or his book. And it's just very relaxing yeah, traveling with Yanni, right? so so yanni and i fly down together you know we had a very enjoyable flight you know chit-chatting reading whatever shit so so finally we get there and um we're we're walking out the gate and you know we called george because he was going to come pick us up and i and i just i i hear this i i just i hear this ferrari coming like like roaring down like this this lay-by whatever you call it outside the airport and i'm like the fuck who's this jackass right (laughs) and then (laughs) And then, and then, sure enough, it's George driving driving a two seater, four seater, uh, but two okay, in the let's back. Get row seats. Let's get serious. That that, that Ferrari, it, it technically I guess had four seats because it was a Ferrari California, but that was really a two seater car. So Yanni and I are, are here with our luggage. George rolls up in this Ferrari convertible, and we're looking at each other like we got you know I think a carry on and we like maybe a small little wheelie luggage whatever right. So we're like, holy shit. Like we, we, we try to cram into this Ferrari. Yanni, who's taller than me, a lot lankier, uh, I think took the back <laughs> That's seat. That's a good right? way to put it skinnier. Skinnier. And he, um, and he's hugging this luggage in the back seat with his knees over his head. <laughs> and I'm in the front seat and I've got, you know, bags and, you know, George is just, you know, loving life. Right. So we pull out. Yeah. And I think the first thing we did is we went to Hoover Dam. We didn't even go we, to our hotel. No, we brought the luggage back. We brought the luggage didn't back? We? No, I think we went to Hoover Dam. because. Okay. We were already in the car, the airport, the weather was good. We're like, yeah. So, or we stopped at In-N-Out. No, In-N-Out was the way back. Okay. Anyways, whatever it was. I remember going going (laughs) to. And Yanni, so when you said Yanni's like, Yanni's head was in the back seat. Oh, yeah. Above the windshield. Yeah, he was getting getting stone chips. getting pelted in the head by bugs. Yanni Yanni had stone chips on his forehead (laughs) when that that ride was over. Yeah. Um, But anyways, yeah. So, so we're driving around this Ferrari. Uh, we go back to the hotel eventually. Finally, I'm like, you know, okay, let's let's go put the stuff away. Let's just, you know, chill out, take a breath. You know, it's gonna be a long, you know, four days. Um, and George is like, no, no, we got to meet down in the lobby. So our other friends all went down there. Uh, I think we met by the bar in the lobby, whatever it was. And and you know, we we're trying to plan our our beach or not. What do you call it? Beach bar, beach club, Encore beach club, beach club for the next day. So uh, I, I just I, I remember remember sitting around this this bar and and some guy comes up that George starts talking to. I guess he's like uh, like the oh. Mr. You, T. Mr. T. What do you promote? What what, what's his job? He's a promoter. He's a security no, he's guard, a, balancer, no, promoter. Like, like, what do you concierge? Call, like a concierge, but there's another name you guys. So he's give a these sorter. Guys. He's a sorter. Yeah. He's a sorter. He's a doer. No, there's another name, but it doesn't matter. So this is he's a coordinator. A liaison. A liaison, whatever you want to call it. So this guy was supposed to arrange to get us in this club. So I remember George being like, Okay, I need twenty five hundred. And I'm like, twenty five hundred. I'm like, what's this guy talking about? <laughs> And uh, we're all looking around, and, and I guess guys are just like pulling out cash, and then it's like, no, no, like twenty five hundred each. Wait, no, no, George, George, I remember because I I had like six hundred bucks cash on me, and uh, and I didn't have enough money, obviously. And then I went to my, my the bank machine, and I didn't even know I could only pull out five hundred dollars on my. <laughs> you still have the university like high school still, uh, yeah, university like debit card the RBC limits. Leo, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, student price card. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because I, I just never oh, really oh, pull out that much cash, right? You know, I, I don't know. Up. So, so you know, I, I max out my, my debit card in terms of my daily withdrawal. So so here I am, like, like trying to pull together, like, ones and, you know, fives and whatever <laughs> money I can on the phone with RBC 
customer service trying to increase my limit over the phone, <laughs> my, my debit card limit. So, uh, so anyways, yeah. So we go to this party the next day. I, I just cleaned me out of all my money day one. Um, but wait, it was, I, I don't remember that 2,500 each George. It was some obscene amount of money. I don't, I, that, that's a lot. Or, no, no. It was something like you said, Oh, I need 25 and I'm like, okay, like 250 bucks. And you're like, you're like, no, no, like 2,500. I'm like, but I think for, for the, just for the, for everyone total George, I'm, I'm almost positive it was each anyways can let me finish my <laughs> damn story because this is the way i remember it okay uh, so so and that, and even that night we went to see one of those ex, djs excess at, yeah. at xs yeah was it a DJ? So maybe it was 2500 yes, uh, for smoke, what do you call that band smoke, chain smokers chain smokers smokers yes, yes, you're yeah. right. smokers chain, chain smokers. Yeah, yeah. so it was 2500 for night and daytime that's probably maybe. what it was i don't know what the hell it was yeah 1250 each about, night yeah it was about seven guys yeah sorry continue mark yeah that makes sense so next day we go, uh, we go to, uh, uh, excess, no encore at night. beach club. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all the older guys, like we still have our t-shirts on and, you know, covering up the barrels and, <laughs> you know, we show up at this, uh, uh, beach club and, you know, we get at this lounge and, uh, you know, they put all these like hot girls around us. I don't remember, you know, we're having a good time, right? Like the Kirizako brothers were there. Um, who else was there? Was it just us? Us five. Louis, Louis was there. Louis came. No, Louis no, did he not bailed. Come. He bailed. So, so, but whatever. We're having a good time, yeah, right? just drinking, five, whatever. Yeah. And uh, you know, the bottles keep coming. These girls are drinking all the booze and whatever. You know, George is having fun. That's all that mattered, right? <laughs> so, uh, so honestly, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're just you know. And I remember like uh, I don't know, like I kind of lost track of time, but it feels like kind of the halfway point, right? When things were just kind of getting a little bit ridiculous. This like the music deadens, and all you hear is like a like a fire truck siren. Right. I'm like, what the fuck again? And it's like the same kind of reaction I had when this jackass Ferrari came by. <laughs> it's like, who the fuck is this asshole bringing like a fire truck to a, to a club? And all these girls come like riding in this like cardboard fire truck dressed up as firefighters. There's flashers going on, sparklers. Like there's a probably hydro, like, like, a, like a lift almost. Like whatever. A, like a and there's like probably like, I don't know, 30 bottles of champagne. <laughs> there's a big Magnum bottle of Dom. Uh, three liter and it's like and and this thing's just going slowly all around the pool i'm like tell me this fucking thing's coming right to us right sure enough this fire truck pulls up right in front of george okay everybody's crowding around okay these girls are just dancing over these champagne balls there's like some countdown all these corks start popping and then they just start showering george in champagne no wait yes. that part i know that part the last part i yes. know is, is is um there's a there's a cat like a little bit of um you're right. I was it did come over. All that is all true. Uh, didn't spray me though. I remember Dimitri. Oh, was yeah, he front, was loving was it. Dimitri, front, yeah. Was at the front of the bed and they're spraying. You see, you know, Dimitri yeah. has no shirt on. Only yeah. guy with no shirt on. Yeah. And he's like this. They start spraying. He goes like this. <laughs> just, like I'm for those of you not watching, he puts his arms out like. Oh yeah, chest, he was loving it. Like he's about like um, yeah. he's about to get like rained on, and he just gets hosed by everybody. <laughs> yeah, but there's like 30 bottles of champagne going off, just shit everywhere. It was just a mess, and um, yeah, that now I know where my 2,500 dollars US went, but I think that was actually a little bit more. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that and, and guys, just just, <laughs> just to paint a picture here, like like we've been in Vegas for like maybe 18 hours at this point, and and this is You're already, already where we're at, right? <laughs> so it's like, and I and it was just the same shit over and over every day. And I left that trip. I'm just like, what the what what happened? <laughs> I'm not, like, going, how I'm did not I, going to Vegas with yeah, George again. Yeah, a lot of people have left Vegas with me and have had the same thought. That's yeah, for no, sure. I'm the opposite. You, uh, yeah, but I can list yeah, a few like, people that have probably felt the same way. Um, that I is the, that, that story. I need that light, please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, uh, I fucking. 
I that's what I love Vegas for that for that reason. Yeah. For the show, for the excitement, for the yeah. yeah, who's that jack oh that jackass is coming to pick me up? Fuck yeah, let's go. You know what? As long as I'm not sitting in the backseat getting pelted by bugs. No, no, and and listen, I do love Vegas for that. And but I, I'm at a different point in my life at this stage. Like I'm married. I think I'm married at that time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like Yeah, because yeah, we took you for like but that's how we took you because it was like you're like um yeah, it's like, like, like your wedding gift. My two brother-in-laws <laughs> and all these hot girls. It's like shit. There was no girls Here, there. Here's your, there here's your no congratulations. You got you got married, but hey, we need twenty five hundred bucks. Pronto. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that, hey, that's how we paid for the flight in the hotel. I don't I don't remember being that much, but because I know I like I know what each party. Okay, so George serious. will tell you twenty five hundred bucks was just for the one party. Yeah. There was George, like six more. George parties. will tell oh. you that it's okay. This party's a thousand bucks. So George, Canadian or American? Oh no, Canadian. Canadian will cover it for sure. Meanwhile, it's two thousand bucks American plus tax and tip, oh, yeah. and then the, oh, yeah, the, the concierge the fee. Part. <laughs> I need more. I need, these, like guys, all these random bartenders started coming up to me directly <laughs> asking for for individual tips. Unbelievable. Uh, Anyways, that is you paid them too, bro. Oh, yeah. That is fairly accurate, but honestly. Um, that was one of my favorite trips. That was like that. Oh, I traveled a lot that that year, but that was one of my that was one of my favorite times in Vegas because the group we went with. Not like I have a great time when I go with Ricky or when I went with Dirk. Like every trip has been different. I've even gone a couple times. Just for, I've gone a couple times just for work, like where I've been there for a conference and I like, don't go out, don't do anything. Um, but like I agree with you. I'm in a different place in my life as well. Like Becca and I went down. We did. I don't even think we went to any nightclubs or any pool parties. We hung by the pool. Had good dinners. Uh, we went to see, see the fight. I still like. I can't go like I used to. I can't go to these parties. But even though I'm in a different place in my life, and I don't care as much for that, I really don't care that much or that. I really don't care at all for that. I still love going to Vegas because there's still like, I still find it so exciting when I go there. Like, even though the like you know the razzle dazzle and all that, once you go a couple times, it, it fades a little bit. But I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the history. Maybe it's just because it's so big and it's such a contrast between like the American dream and people that are like deadbeat broke. But I, I just like the, I really like it there. I, I'm, and I'm not sure why it appeals so much because it is expensive. And I, that part I don't like. Yeah. I always come home feeling like, oh shit. It's, it's like the trailer parky side of Vegas now that I'm, it's starting to turn me off. Like I could just imagine like back in the day, like, you know, the Frank Sinatra days, like what Vegas was like back though. Like yeah. th that just, that seems so cool. Mm -hmm. Like that, it would be so nice to experience something like that. Um, but you know, even early days, Vegas, like, yeah, you still get a bit of that. Right. But now I feel like with all the parties and everything, it's yeah. getting a little trashy. Yeah. That's, that's a bit of a turnoff. Right. Be so Becca yeah. said the same thing. She was her first time and she said, she said she liked, she liked it a lot, but she goes, I didn't expect it to be this trashy. And I think, and that's why now you're seeing such a, such a spread between like these, these higher end places. And then the, the because they're, they're trying to keep out the riffraff. Obviously, yeah. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, for like kind of the everyday guys that like to have a good time, but we're not trashy. It's, it's pretty friggin' expensive. It right. Is. It adds up. I'll tell you a funny, quick, funny story. We were, uh, Becca and I first got there. We, uh, we landed, we went to go grab a uh, bite. So we went to the in and out burger. That's, um, by the link like yeah. that little laneway yeah so we go in it's packed like it's slammed i'm not a i'm not crazy about in and out i like shake shark shake shack die hard shake shark shake shack. Shack, shack. um but i went actually really good but it was so funny we go in there and this is like she just, we just landed her first kind of um like uh first walk through vegas we go in That's it's like packed and you see people like in there that clearly coming from the pool party it's like four o'clock coming from the pool parties looking disheveled and then these like you see these like group of girls walk in. I guess like a like a uh, bachelorette, bare feet. 
like still like bathing suits, like walking to a Vegas strip bare feet. Like you're gonna get hepatitis for doing that or something. Like come or, on, or worse. On. Or worse. Yeah. They come in and we order and they're a little rowdy and we're sitting on the bench waiting for our food mm-hmm. and there's seats next to us. We see them walking towards us. They kind of eye the bench. We're like, oh, please don't sit next to us. Like, you know, you're still trying to keep a little bit of distance. People like, you know, pro- right. keep, you know, people out there don't give a shit about health and safety protocols. Obviously, it's Vegas, but we're trying to be a little bit cautious because out there, everybody, whatever. Um, so we're sitting down and this girl comes out. We see her just walking towards us. Her feet are like, you know, covered in dirt, black, whatever. Nice. Sits down next to us. Eyes are barely open. Leans over. She goes, where you from? <laughs> I was like, uh, Toronto. She's like, I'm from Australia. And she's like, you can just see that she can't, like, you're at the point where you're drunk where, like, you can't control how you talk. So you're kind of, like, spitting a little bit. Your eyes are shut. Oh, that's too and funny. And we're like, oh my God. And she, that's she, not a nice. She means well. She's like, it's my first time in Vegas. <laughs> where you guys staying? Like, just, just going. I'm trying so hard not to laugh. Like, this, yeah, it's fun. She's I'm trying being to, nice. No, no. I, we didn't, like, not saying to make fun of her, but, like, it was just, like, Be- it was peak Vegas for like Becca's first interaction with a human oh, yeah. being there. I just imagine, She's yeah. like, what is happening here? Yeah, and I, I was like, this is not even that Yeah, bad. that's the side of it that I think, you know, I think turns everybody off now, yeah. right? But because she's like just like coming off the flight, so starstruck, and that girl's just like in our face. I I, I don't mind. I've yeah. I've seen it all. No, you gotta go there with just keep an open mind and yeah, yeah. just have a good time. But uh that's the other thing I want to talk about. You you said it earlier, we got off the topic, but you talked about all the stuff that you like it's interesting because you like Vegas. I mean, maybe a little bit less now, but like you go to Vegas and probably do what don't you do what most people don't do, and you'll do like a couple of days in Vegas, but then like you know, couple of days outside, like driving around, going to these parks and all that stuff. And yeah, like you're starting to really prefer that, or yeah. you always like that. One, well, we, we all like. I mean, listen, Georgia and I, my wife Georgia, when we have a chance to get away, like usually, usually they're just kind of like short haul flights to somewhere in the States or Caribbean. But, you know, we, we're, we're the adventurous type, right? We like to get in a car and go explore. So, you know, when we go to a place like Vegas or, you know, LA or wherever, right? We just, we like to kind of explore the periphery, see what else is out there. And uh, we just, you know, we've we've got to see so much and do so much. And, and now it's, you know, kind of become a thing for us, right? Because there's so much more that these places have to offer, right? Like, I'm sure Vegas back in the day, right? It's you're kind of confined to what's at whatever's on the strip. But now, you know, you go to places like Zion. There's so many other parks. Like people even go skiing. Like, uh, you know, I think an hour outside of Vegas, you can do oh, skiing right. in the winter. Well, Tall is no. a lot further. Reno. But yeah, Reno, Reno. But that, that's, I mean, I like it is probably like a seven, eight hour drive, maybe yeah. six. I don't know. But it's not. I don't know if we would do that on a Vegas trip, but. Um, Stuff like that, right? So, so, so we like doing stuff like that, and uh, Zion's definitely one of them. I highly recommend for anybody uh, who does uh, look for something, you know, other than gambling and and pool parties. If you're in Vegas, give it a give it a try. You like it a lot out there, eh, Zion. Zion's cool. You know me. I like uh, the wildlife. I like nature. We like to hike. Um, you and I climbed Kilimanjaro together. I don't oh, know if you yeah. want to get into that story because I have, <laughs> I, want, we, I have also a very fond and <laughs> oh, I shouldn't say fond, very distinct <laughs> memories of uh, of that trip when it comes to George. But uh, We should hear your perspective because we've heard George was on this before. About Kilimanjaro? Yeah. Um, my perspective as a whole, like the whole experience yeah, or just- general. Yeah, Listen, I Kilimanjaro is something that I will forever cherish. I'll never forget it. It was it was a incredible experience. Um, would I ever do that again? Probably not. I'm so glad that I did do it. Um, I was looking back, and we've talked about this before, George and I. We uh, we say it's like usually the things that you absolutely hate doing in the moment, you look back on and you remember the most fondly and enjoy it. 
and it was one of those trips uh yeah it was it was grueling right like you're you're hiking for seven days the conditions suck the altitude sucks um but you know what uh and and kudos to georgia man georgia kept us going and she was yeah, so like at least you guys are both on the same track for that oh, you guys yeah. oh yeah georgia she, was the key to that yeah, yeah, like I mean, if it was up to georgia and i we'd probably be back in the bar after like the first like four hours like yeah, it was yeah. The first day was, I think, one of the worst. Like I just I was like, I, or second day maybe. We just walked for so long. I, yeah, I remember like the third day really stuck out, stuck out to me because um, I, I think the weather was probably the worst that day. But you you go through everything. You go through every emotion on that climb. You uh, you experience every type of uh, weather condition. Um, you know, you're you're. I mean, listen, I could go on and on, but just to tell you quickly, like you're uh, you're just mentally and physically exhausted for seven days straight and and obviously the further you go up the the harder it is to 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 keep going and and you also know that it's not going to be easy to go back either so you're like okay let's let's get this thing over with and the quicker it ends the quicker you know uh you you can get back so i mean listen looking back um because you go through all these emotions you know the smallest things set you off right so you know, George, one thing that always stood out in my mind, like, like George, of course, doesn't bring anything on the trip, right? He's just, he's taking all the loner jackets and shoes and everything. And I come like George and I are reading all the books, what to pack, whatever. So we bring like our, our own rain gear, like high tech stuff that, you know, whatever it's like packs well and everything so we get to base camp when we're about to start and george just goes through like the hand-me-downs like picking out stuff he gets this like vietnam era like poncho like this big rubber poncho yeah, with a hood, good with a hood and it's like this thing's like rubber tight like it's made out of tires okay and and you know like i said george and i had these little tech uh, jackets on and and the reality is they don't do shit when it's pouring rain and it's cold like we were like like right down to the bone and george is there like bone dry with his big poncho on he's loving life we're miserable and uh, it's just those types of things just irritate the shit out of you right and then you know i'm very picky eater and you know and they serve you food at night i'm like i can't eat this shit even though i'm so hungry and george is just there munching it down <laughs> I, I ate one that i ate a plate of like 20 potatoes and, and i'm just just like, potatoes do you remember the potato joke we made on your sister's episode I think you said but if it was so many potatoes. You no, some of you're talking about how like George was just eating all the potatoes, so hungry, and you're watching that kid that passed by you. You're like, hey, kid, give me your potatoes or something. Oh, something like that. I gotta. I I'm can't gonna go it. listen to that episode tonight, maybe, and and re-listen to that part. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say. So listen, it, it was a great trip overall. I was really happy. I don't think I could do it again. Um, I don't think I'd want to do it again. Um, but you know, yeah, looking back, uh, really good time. And I honestly, I, I don't think I could have done it with, with anybody else. Yeah. It was, uh, it was really good. That's what I, I would concur. And like, it's, it's funny because like Ricky makes the joke about like how I, I can, I'm a tough, I'm easy going to travel with, but I also have my own way of doing things that I kind of like have blinders on at times so I can get him like it. Not everyone can like mesh with it, whatever. Um, but that trip as well, like doing with the two of you guys made it like very, very easy to deal with. I, which is like it's hard because when you know when you know each other so well, you can everything can irritate you, and you have you have more you have less boundary. You'll tell people how you feel, and you can get each other's next. But like we we manage, and you just it doesn't matter who you go with. Like being on the mountain, the altitude gets to you. Like you're just you're miserable the whole time. Yeah. So anything will set you off. So if you do it, you have to go with people that you can like get along with, or who at least understand you, so they can give you the benefit of the doubt and so forth. <clears throat> um, what was I gonna say? But it's so interesting, right? Like like. I'm not the same as you in terms of like the outdoorsy type. Like you are like an of all people I know, you are the by far the epitome of an outdoorsman. Like it's like your happy place. Um, 
myself, I find it interesting because like I, I like the outdoors. Like we've gone camping the French River and all right. those things. And I, I like I'm not high maintenance in that regard. But it is interesting because for myself, like I'll go to Vegas and do like you know live like bougie and all these things, uh-huh. and then I'm out there. You know, t- dropping a deuce in a, in a tent that's like Rough, has a little know, thing, yeah. eating a plate of potatoes for seven days. Like, yeah. I, I don't mind it, and I think that, uh, yeah, I think having a good uh, a good I, balance of that and having being able to to have those contrasts, you know, kind of keeps you. I don't know if humble is the right word, but like, well, you you definitely appreciate you know the 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 luxuries in life yeah. when when you get exposed to stuff like that. Yeah, you certainly do, and and Africa, of course, is a huge you know eye opener, very humbling experience altogether but uh yeah we're, we're very fortunate obviously here but you do appreciate it more uh, when you get to experience things like that but you know yeah talking about like being in the outdoors like yes i i absolutely love the outdoors and in fact you know what like that's really where i appreciate things most like it's nice to be in nice hotels ever but like i think we're so fortunate to be on this side of the world with you know like have the ability to just you know drive an hour north and you know exposed to all this nature like i really don't think people here appreciate how lucky we are to have that resource mm-hmm. available to us because many parts of the world don't and um and i really like to take advantage of that i think um you know being in the outdoors like you said that's 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 really where i'm in my element you uh but that's another thing too that they find is like for yourself especially you're even beer contrast because like again like you like the the hustle and bustle of the casino you like you know the traveling like the the nice places but then you'll go sit in the woods for a week straight with no phone and, and that's it and just sit in the bush and, have and no not problem and then that. never mind that you also like you'll sit there quietly and not talk like that that the thought of that would make me go crazy yeah. but like you really like if you find that like i'm trying to say you know it brings you joy but is it also like like a, I don't know, a meditative experience or anything, but does it kind of help you? Like, is it a place where you go in and you feel clear, or it, you know what? It's it's funny. I don't, I I, I don't think. I, you obviously have the opportunity to do a lot of thinking. I don't <laughs> feel like I need that to kind of clear my head. It's never been a, a situation where I got to get out of the city to kind of clear my head. I, it's more just like I just love being there. I feel comfortable there, um, and I I just enjoy it. Right, like you know something there's a lot of unpredictability in nature right where you know you go whatever like keep talking about vegas like you know you kind of know more or less what you're gonna get right but you go in the outdoors and you know things like that. it's there's always something interesting that happens i mean you know i don't know for me to be you know in nature see wildlife like i i really enjoy that right like we we, we go down to jackson hole and you know it's amazing to see kind of moose walking downtown and like you don't you're not always going to get that right and and for me i love that unpredictability i love that that experience i just love the um oh boy i just love everything about it (laughs) (laughs) george to you what's your happy place encore beach club with a fire truck (laughs) uh honestly uh Like yeah. my parent, yeah, our, our yeah. house in Yata. That and that exact, I mean, that exact, the exact spot is the balcony of my parents' house in, in Yata. So, so let me ask you because now I'm, I'm actually surprised and very impressed to hear you say that. And I bet it's probably for the same reason that you know I, I, you know, reference nature and being mm-hmm. in the outdoors. So I'm curious to hear like what, what is it about Yata that makes it your happy place? That's a good question. Um, I think it just it's a it's a it's a few things, and the reason I'm saying the exact spot, like my uh, parents have a house in, in our, the village that both my dad's parents from and my mom's dad is from. It's a town of like 500 people in the south of Greece, and the house that we have was um, 
it's next to my so the reasons why it's a high place is the balcony in the front is like near the top of the mountain one of the highest one of the higher points of the village you see down on the village you kind of see, see down I get on this, all the peasants I, yeah you see that from the from the throne no but you look down and I say wow this is so cool like my dad and my grandfather and my great grandfather they always used to walk here like one day like yeah. this is where a lot of my, history yeah yeah my lineage is from like right. you know when the war happened uh, World War Two I think my dad had met, told me like a couple towns over the the, the, the Germans built an air base there so like you know. And, when um when they were fighting in the village like you couldn't you know at night you couldn't go because there was like snipers and this so like you're looking around like all this kind of chaos and stuff happened here and not only that like you know my um my father and grandfather got out of there to go find a better life for us so going back it's like wow like you know i could have been born here could have been from here it, not it's only amazing that, when you think about that eh? like crazy. like had your parents not come here and you were there like what a different. What, like, what would you do? What, what what do you think you'd be doing? Picking olives. Picking olives. Hey, you know, sopanas. What yeah. About, yeah, sopanas. Yeah. But, what about you, Rick? Like, but the other thing too is like that. Like you said, how grateful we are that we have it here, and like yeah. that's another thing. It, it, pre- it's, yeah. I and uh, not to like say, oh, I'm like the you know always the most humble and stuff, but it is a real humbling experience to be there and say, wow, like I could have been born here, probably would have loved it, but it would have been very different. And this, I, I'm my you know father came and and to Canada to live with let's say the American dream and, and make it and what a life that I get to live that not only they're like I have all this opportunity and I have you know go to good schools and all that mm-hmm. but I get to go back there and you know hang out with the people that he grew up with and, and see the town so that and also I think it's one of the best sunsets I've ever seen in my life it really like is, in the mountains yeah. I think it's amazing yeah. it's so nice every night it's it's incredible so it's a long answer but I just there's so many things there it's just and it's very calming you're in your nature. There's, like, there's no car, there's no highways. So no horn uh, cars. So we're saying the same thing, right? It's yeah. yeah. It's what about you, Rick? Your your happy place? Um, I don't think it's a place more than like an event, like events. I, I just feel like me, like concerts and sporting events with like my my friends. Like I I'm just thinking about some of the happiest memories I've had in the last like, and I I made TikToks about it all the time, and I'm just like. A lot of them are either concerts or sporting events or like even just like big group dinners like George's birthday like last month. Like I think that's my happy place. Just like with the doing stuff with the people I love. Yeah. Like look, I, I love being outdoors, but like, you know, going for a walk or a hike doesn't doesn't bring the same happiness as like listening to like my favorite band with my best friends or something. Or you know what I mean? Like watching the Leafs or the Raptors play with like the homies or something. You know, like I know, like I look back to like going to uh, San Fran to watch the Raps plays uh, Golden State a couple years ago. Like, amazing! Yeah, so, with our dads, that was. Cool. I, I feel like for me, it's more, it's more Ex- like the experience that that's my happy place. Um, but also back to your point too, you said like if you were to grow up in Yalta, think about it, like you would have grown up in a two bedroom house with your three with your two siblings. The house is the size of the studio. Be, exactly. That's because I I've been to like I've seen pictures of like my grandparents' house in in Italy and and same in Brazil. Like they're not. Like again, they're obviously real houses, but like in Toronto, those are fucking sheds. Yeah, like you, we have garages bigger than most houses in, in these the small towns. Co- the smallest condo you can rent in Toronto is still bigger than my my yeah. grandmother's house. Uh, like that, that's that's your garages, your summers. garages, like in, in your family yeah. homes. Growing up, a two car garage is the size of most European homes in those small towns. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. crazy when you think about that. You'd have a living room, and then like. Kitchen, living room is in one area, and then you have the bedrooms in the other. And if you, no, our, you know our, we had a bedroom in our kitchen. Yeah. But you know what? Also, like, like the the difference is too. Those people spend most of their time outdoors, outside. yeah, right, yeah. I'm sure, obviously, because you're almost forced to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah but you know what? That's not a bad thing. No, for sure. And and that's where you know what? And you look at the way people live in in Europe, and you know, you you, you read books about it. Right? Like like generally, people are happier. And and is the answer because they're spending more time outside? And that's kind of the way I see it, right? Yeah. It's like. 
I feel like happier when I'm outdoors. Here, it's like, yeah, bigger homes. You know, people have more reason to stay inside. Yeah, yeah. Big screen TVs, yeah, video, video games, games, all kinds yeah. of stuff. Like, are those people really happy? Like, I don't want to get all philosophical now, but you know what? But sure. I like the, like, that doesn't bother me, the small houses. Yeah, sure, it would bother you as a kid growing up with your parents in a garage. But you know yeah, what? Yeah being kind of forced to go outside and explore and do things like that's that's living right 100 percent. yeah i was you, sorry, sorry oh, yeah, so, you so I, I texted uh i texted my dad when i went to the bathroom i was like um what town was your grandfather from in soda so he goes he was um near soda between soda and isola okay yeah and then the, the town was the cross of isola and then his mom so that's my dad's that's my grandfather's dad okay and then the mom was uh spiga I don't know Spiga. I don't know Spiga either. But crazy He's, that like all yeah. those all those like Italian construction families came from Soda. Soda. The Gasperses, I think Del Zotto was there too. Yeah, there's there's some there's very well known established construction I think families that came same from thing. Yeah, yeah. Then in that, uh, that area. That that area, right? Yeah. Central Italy and then, you know, and then believe it or not there at least what I've been told is um the second largest population of italians in toronto is actually friulan from the north i didn't know that i didn't know that either I don't and know i was actually from so, the north yeah it's funny your people, so your mom's from? that's where my mom's from and you know a lot of people when 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 they're told that it's like geez like you think i don't really know anybody from northern italy yeah, especially yeah. that part of northern italy but that's that's apparently a statistic that's true i but think you uh, know all the calabres calabres is probably the most yeah. populous in italian Toronto. Or, 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 or the greatest population of Italians outside of Italy in Canada, but um, and they let heard, you know they're Calabrese. Yeah, and you know you talk about construction. Like I, I remember because you know I, I kind of grew up in the industry, and you know I, I was exposed to that older generation Italian worker, right? Uh, you know, growing up in construction, and you know it's amazing. I, I kind of have a joke with my dad. It's like you know I, I I miss working with like those northern Italian bricklayers that had like three fingers on each hand and <laughs> they drank grappa in the morning with their coffee and these guys were just built like oxes, right? Yeah. And these guys could lay a thousand bricks a day. I know the and crazy part is like, like they a lot of them could barely speak English. Yeah, and didn't know. You couldn't read and write, but if you fucking told them to build a house, it's done in two days. You yeah, know what I mean? like yeah, just hardworking, like and you know, and and you know, I, obviously, I'm still in the industry now, and like you just you don't see that anymore. So you really cherish that, right? It's it's, so, it, it's interesting too. You guys are talking about how many people came out of the areas um, of Sora, and it, it's maybe I I don't want to say this in like a naive way because I don't know for sure, but it feels like the village that I'm from, Nyata, is very similar. Like they're. A lot of people have emigrated from there. Like, I don't know how many of my cousins, but a lot of people that emigrated, at least that I can, that I know, not, maybe not everyone, but I would, if I had to guess, it's like 40, 50% of them have started their own business in some capacity. There's a couple guys that are he, um, big, like billionaire hedge fund guys in the States. I forget in the name. I mean, not, it's not BlackRock, it's Blackstone. One of the big, big hedge funds, like multi-billionaire. Well, Black, yeah, okay. One of them. I don't know. One, one of them was is a, is a Greek founder, Peter... P uh, Peter Petrop something whatever but he's Peter from your, Petro your town yeah, I believe so yeah he's from he's from Yate, center of the universe yeah we joke honestly it's the best place in the world but <laughs> uh, no no jokes aside it, it's interesting and I feel like there's, uh, jokes aside it's the best place <laughs> no no but I, I I feel like there's two things like I feel like there's certain places and maybe it's, it's just it's a cause like you know somebody sees someone leave there starts to do well and then people start to follow maybe it's it's this thing. It could also be broad, and I'm just being too narrow viewing this. But I no, feel like it could be like know, one my, person, yeah, like one my, person does successful, and then his friends there. You want your friend to be successful, so, so you, you lend a hand, and then like the idea of like you know rich people helping other rich people, right? Like, 
Well, I, mean, I think it's also the work ethic, right? Yeah, and like, that's what like, I was going to get at next. People like, and again, and and this this applies to a lot of immigrants to Canada who come here looking for for opportunity. It's the people who who want the opportunity, right? Yeah. The people who are willing to work. So you know, yeah, you see a lot of that uh, with with Im- immigrants that have have come here, and yeah, they've they've a lot of them been very successful starting businesses because they have that work ethic, yeah. right? So, um, and and we're fortunate, obviously, we have those opportunities and. Uh, I mean, listen, I, it's one of the things that, you know, I, I wanted to ask you guys about because, you know, the three of us have something in yeah. common and it's that like, we're all like second generation, you know, family business owners. Yep. And, you know, I know, you know, for me, it's like, you know, somebody asked me recently, it's like, I forget exactly how they phrased it, but the, 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 the extent of it was, you know, what's been the biggest challenge for you taking over a family business, right? Obviously, you know the older generation has does things a certain way the newer generation always thinks they do things better but you know and i'll just tell you guys quickly and then i i'm curious to hear from your guys perspective but you know i i, I wouldn't necessarily have been a challenge i think you know one of the, the, the i think one of the things that really helped me a lot was learning how the old generation does things and a lot has to do with that work ethic and you know not losing that that was what was most important to me when I, when I, you know, took over my family business. And, um, you know, um, I think beyond that, like, yes, you're, you're still, you know, times change, people change, like, you know, the, the corporate environment now is, is obviously very different than it was even five years ago. Right. And, you know, some of you get obviously in construction, you know, cause I, I come from a, a background in construction and, and my, my business is all focused around construction, but people would talk to each other in a certain way. It was just known. It was a rough and tough industry, but you know, it's, it's, you just can't do that anymore. Right. Because, you know, construction is becoming a lot more corporate too. Now there's a lot of big construction companies. There's a lot of big multinational construction companies coming from other parts of the world. So it's, it's attracting a different type of, you know, employee, a different type of uh, mm-hmm. professionalisms. So, um, so, you know, adapting to that, um, taking from kind of those old lessons that I've learned and, and, you know, uh, the old way of doing things and, you know, trying to work it into the new, but not losing sight of that old work ethic. Like it's, it's hard to get production of guys without, you know, getting upset, banging your fist against the wall. Like that, that was always construction. That's how you got people to move. Um, so, so, you know, trying to take a bit of old and new and, and develop your own style was, I think for me, the biggest challenge, but, uh. Um, you know, and, and listen, we're, we're always going to keep, you know, adapting and changing to, to new ways. But, uh, what about you guys? I'm curious, like George, maybe- it's, a, it's such an interesting perspective though, that, you know, like that it's cause I, you know, growing up as well, like I was, I was always involved in the business. Like I, I used to like want to be shadow my dad when I was a kid and go to work with him. And to your point, like seeing how different it is, you know, someone messed up, not to say you'd go and, you know, like make them feel small or stupid, but like, you know, you'd say like, Hey, you can't, like, you can't do this. And like, you'd be like, you gotta fix it. You gotta do better. And you're like, you're, you're you know, they they talk a little bit more, probably more assertive and aggressively, you would say, but it's pushing people to do better. And and what's interesting is like you would see so many people that would like, you know, they would take that and they'd work and they'd, they'd get better and they'd move their way up to companies or start their own company and all these things. And, you know, the it, culture's changing a bit in that regard. I don't want to speak too broadly, but it, it is changing. But I feel um, like in, in your work too, you, what I've noticed, like you brought a lot of technology into your business and... Like, it seems like it's, that's kind of the direction now going forward, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Like I, I technology, think, so not just yes. from like the, 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 the Basic sake of, of performing the service, but, but also in general operation from, from, yes. you know, the office 
trying to innovate and do things differently. Right. I think, yeah, that we're definitely doing some things now that I think that I can honestly, I'm pretty confident no other cleaning company is doing. But to answer your first question, and I'll have to think about it for a bit, because there's a few things. Like being a second generation, I, I'll, there's a stat that I will never forget. And I remember my, my dad mentioned it to me. Oh, I must have been like 12. I have always been fascinated by business. I have always, like, I just, I, the it is my, like, my, the thing that brings me the most joy is talking about things related to the business world and how businesses are run. I don't know why. I just, I love it. It, it. I could talk about companies and different things and how they do things all day. But one thing that I always had at the back of my mind is that second generation companies historically have like a 60% chance of failure. Like historically, when, yes. It doesn't feel like that anymore though. It, it doesn't. Like, yeah. Okay. But what I'm saying is, so second generation is like, there's a stat, it's like 60, maybe more. And, and third generation is like 90%. Like, will the business will, is that will still fail. like a Daniel? Can you look that up? Um, what generation, how when it moves second and third generation, like success rates of like, yeah, it, it, it gets it gets slim. That's and a tough one to even Google. Well, like. no, you can yeah. you can find it, you can look it up. Um, but just on that point, that always stuck with me. And when I came into the business, I was young, I was right out of university, but I, I had a big, I had a big ego at times. I still do, but had? no, no, yeah. In fairness, I still, you know, every, <laughs> every human, no, no, it's fair. Every human has an ego and I had the biggest one probably possible. I came in thinking, you know, it's family business. Yeah. I'm going to be the quote unquote boss. I can do what I want to make the company move in the direction we need to. So there's no real repercussions. And I can truthfully say, and I'll, you can pull out any one of my colleagues, whatever. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't empathetic. I was actually probably like very maybe mean at times like i was trying to get my way at all costs thinking that that's how you survive in business be cutthroat and i am not ashamed to admit it from like two you know from you fired first, all you, you, you trimmed what? all the fat coming in fired all the fat people <laughs> that's none of the best lines my buddy joke with that one of my buddies calling bobby pellet once and i did not take that uh, too kindly <laughs> but he wasn't wrong um anyways so that was always the thing is like the the, the hardest thing was like so Having that ego and thinking that I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna I'm gonna make things happen this way. And then it took me a while to realize, like, you know, I left for that trip and it kind of opened my eyes, like, hey, you can't treat people this way. And I wasn't mean to everybody, but I just didn't handle things um, in like fair and a little bit empathetic. Like, okay, what are they going through? Maybe they made a mistake, whatever. It was like one strike, you're out. So came back wow, to work. One strike, hey, fuck. Well, I don't know. I was just a little bit. I took <laughs> things personally, right? Getting that yeah. ego, you take things the wrong way. You you know, yeah. um, you blame people for your, for the mistakes rather than take ownership for them. Then I came back, I was like, okay, can't do that. So I felt like I, I grew. But then I, I really didn't realize like how to really put your ego aside still and do what's best for the business because at the end of the day, business is not personal. It is, I still think it's personal when it's your business. I take everything personally, but when it comes to making a decision for the business, you have to do what's best for the business. Right. And when it's a family business, you have personalities and you have your, you know, your family to worry about. And I guess you work with your brother, your sister a little bit, but like I have my two siblings and I are, are all involved day to day. Plus our, our, our father's still around. Uh -huh. So Think about like there's a we each are owners of this business trying to make the best decision possible. So we all have to consider everyone's everyone's thoughts and opinions, plus our stakeholders and our employees, plus the clients. So I believe that I have these great ideas and I would want to do them, but then I'd realize that you know everyone else has an opinion too. Maybe I'm not right. So to answer your question, the hardest thing that I've found that I think I've now finally overcome is you when you when you walk through the door at work, especially in a family business, you have to put your ego away. You have to objectively look at the problem at hand or what you're trying to solve and do what is best for the business. And if that means it's not your idea, 
You still have to own that idea like it's your idea. If it's, you know, my brother comes up with something. You have to put your ego away, do what's best for the business, not best for you and being right and being, I'm the leader, rah, rah, I'm going to change the world. You have to do what, again, what is going to do the best. And and if it fails, you fail together. You you look at it, you evaluate, you move forward to the next idea. And you have to forget the past. You right. can't hold grudges. It's not, oh, that was your idea. You failed. No, we failed. Let's let's find the new idea. Let's keep going. Keep pushing forward. I, maybe I'm all over, but that's what I think the thing that was the hardest for me to realize that, Yeah. It's I, don't interesting to, that, I don't know how to encapsulate yeah, that yeah. properly, but I think you understand but I think, what I'm saying. I think, you know what, uh, and, and I, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I think, you know, uh, I, I find it interesting, however, that, you know, what you talk about the most is kind of your way of handling and dealing with your team, your employees. Um, and I find for me, you know what, like, listen, we, we have a great team and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's funny. I, I always tell my my team that you know, hopefully one day I could be working for you guys because they, they are great. But you know, dealing with with employees, with staff, with teammates, whatever is is probably the biggest challenge I think uh, in in you know running a business. Mm-hmm. I think you know clients, and again, every business is different, right? Depending on what you do. But you know, again, very fortunate, great clients. But um, uh, it's the employees is basically what I'm trying to say is has yeah. been the biggest challenge. Well. It, Sorry, I know, I know I'll ask you. Yeah. The, the thing is, too, is like, um, you know, making, uh, trying to, no one will ever see the business the same way you do to, to, to an extent. You can have really good people who are in your corner, like, un, undeniably, and will take, go to bat for you. And we have a lot of those people. Um, and like, they who they are, but our senior management team, like, they, I could call them any time of day and say, I need advice on this. And they're like, they're there. They treat it like it's their company. And that's hard to find people right. that will treat it like it's theirs. Um, and again, that is the challenge in and of itself is like really surrounding yourself with people that that believe in you, believe in the company, believe in what you're building and and also treat the company and its people the way you want them to be but, treated. And, and also understand that they are the company, right? Yeah. Like, like you would not be there if it wasn't for them, right? Zero so chance. It's, it's really just as much theirs as it is yours, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, the quicker you realize that, at least for me, it was like, you know, I, I started to get it right. And, yeah. and you know what? I, I treat it almost like it's their company and I'm here to make sure that, you know, they're you, taking care of You work of for it. them. And I work for them. Right. So, 100%. so, you know, but yeah, you're right. You know, you're, you're like everybody else, right? It's not just with employees. It's just people in general, right? There's, there's good, yeah. there's good and bad. Absolutely. Rick. What, so what yeah, I got, I got two things here. So I pulled up that stat actually, since Danielle wasn't even looking for it. Did you find it? Okay, anyways. So the average lifespan of a family-owned business is 24 years. This is according to so familybusinesscenter.com. Yeah, one generation. As of 2010. Um, about 40% of U.S. family-owned businesses transition into a second generation. Approximately 13 are passed down successfully to a third, and only 3% survive to fourth or beyond. Wow. Yeah. It's a bit slim. And and yours is third generation now? Or no, it's for second. second. We're second. But we're 40 years, right? Yeah. So it's, we're 45 so next year. You beat yeah. the statistic. We yeah. beat the statistic. Okay. So hopefully but, we're good. But, but that's just a touch on that. And I'm sorry, I yeah. want you to go. This is great, but I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, um, I got to leave in like 15, though. We're good. We 10 got to 15. That's yeah. good. We got to get into the hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to, we'll, we'll get, we'll pivot onto it. That's good. All right. Um, Holy fuck. The, um, How the long one do these usually go? Oh, but little, 115, but some yeah. of the good ones go too. So we're so good. This is a good one? It's a good one. It's a great one. Yeah, we're good. It's fun. Um, it, the hard thing is, and it, and it goes back to it, like, again, we're we're all around the same age. We're young. Like, you still don't know what the future holds. Thank like, you for that, by the way. No, but you are. Honestly, Everyone you told are. you you were young, old on the weekend, right? Um, like, we don't know where the future's going. And all you can do day to day is try to make the best decision to set yourself up and your team and your company and family to be in a better position tomorrow. 
Um, but the, the challenge is why that's that I believe it. And it, it, when you come from a family business, if it's, if it does well, you, you're, you know, you're, you're afforded opportunities in life that don't make you see or don't make you appreciate how hard it was to get yeah. to where we are today. And I say our, where we are is us three. And it goes back to the talk. We talking about people like the bricklayers who are immigrants who can come and work hard. It goes back to like our dads, like the, the three, they're never going to, they, they, it's like, it's insane how like they, not insane, but it's just like watching them yeah. and how they work. Like they don't know what disconnect from work means. They don't know what what take a break means. Like it's it's, it's their child. Yes, it's, and, and and when you build something, it's you, you you treat it differently than when it's handed to you. Let's let's be right. Honest. But you also don't like and and you know you can look at them and say okay you know my dad doesn't maybe get the systems that we use. You know, your dad doesn't know, for example, the new type of estimating you're doing. Your dad doesn't know the new machines you're using. Whatever it is, you know, maybe they don't get this stuff the way we're moving. But we will never understand what it's like to be in the trench, to not be able to make payroll in the early days because of this. Like, like that. Oh, yeah, like those types of struggles. But yeah, all of that sure. stuff, the stress of dealing with it and being by yourself. Like, I have my siblings that if I'm in a high-strike situation, I can call them and be like, hey, can you help me with this? Like who would my dad call? Like it's just yeah. him. It's it's you know right. So like dealing with that stress, having kids, having to raise a family, having to go through recessions, all those things. Like we will, we hopefully will not have to go through that. And that's one of the other challenges you have to overcome is like putting that, keeping that chip on your shoulder, and understanding like like you have a, a an opportunity at hand that a, that people would right. you know, kill for. You have to you have to treat it as if it's your own, and there's you're working to. To provide for not just your family, everyone in this company, like you're resp- like you're responsible to make sure of that course. you're doing good by everybody. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and to touch on that before we transition over to hunting, oh, fuck, there was actually two things. But for the have you guys heard of the, okay. the right uh, the right to disconnect policy? Yeah, you you heard yeah. of it? So I, I haven't. I'm sorry. So it's like the big new thing that's coming out, basically saying that you cannot reprimand people for not responding to work-related calls text emails after regular work okay i i've, I've heard of that i just did <laughs> yeah so it just called. came out okay. so we, we keep Did talking about like imagine like our dads 40 years oh, ago that, that would never happen no never no. even still today my dad's like yeah. well i'm not this is if yeah. someone calls me i'm gonna pick up yeah yeah, yeah. um anyways but but that applies to employees if a client's calling after hours I've I've, i'm I've, answering I've I've i can't i can't pull the right exactly. to disconnect card 100 100 um it's a right to lose business yeah literally um, but talk about like working with people, working with people is the best, re- re- most rewarding part and the worst slash most hated part of any business. Cause you have some people that are the easiest people in the world to deal with and they just get it and they want things. They want to operate and make the, the business do better. And they want to see everybody succeed because they know that their personal growth is tied to the business too. And there's, there's just some amazing. And then on the flip side, there's some people where it's like, it's me, you're, I work for you. That, that's how it is and there's no team effort here yeah. and you know what i mean like I, I come from an equipment background now where it's like equipment's not like that equipment either works or it doesn't work and yeah. it's simple yeah it's not i don't have to deal with personalities or you don't have to deal with people not wanting to do this because of this or because of that and like that's it's like no it's yeah. machine either works or something's broken you can it fix it and put yeah. it right back yeah. to work now i'm i'm more of an operations deal with now my main job is dealing with people and it's some days I'm like, what the fuck did I sign myself up for? You can't for? fix the broken one. Sometimes I'm just like, <laughs> like I have, I have my notes on like basically the entire company. I'm like, okay, well, this guy's short a guy, but he can't work with this guy because they don't get along. So let me swap this person to put him there. Oh, but I forgot that this guy only works till three o'clock on Tuesdays because he got to pick up his kid. And then this person can't oh, cover yeah. for that person. Oh, yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? And then sometimes you get the person like, hey, can you help me? I was like, no, why would I help you out? My job is more important than, than that person's job. It's like, guys, we're on the same fucking team here. 
You know what I mean? Not lots. That's, that's those the are just struggle, right? But that's the thing with people, right? It's yeah. like there's there's personality, so it can be the easiest, most rewarding time. Because sometimes you just you make a phone call. Hey, do you mind helping me out with this? Yeah, no, sure, yeah. no problem. Yeah. I've done this ten times. Here's how you do it. Go X Y Z. Boom, boom, boom. Done. Other times it's like, oh, do you mind giving me a hand? Well, I don't have time for that right now. Well, it's okay. What do you, what do you do? Maybe I can help you with something. Get, I'll take this off your plate. But yeah, it's it really comes down to you know like like trying to problem solve being a being a leader right yeah. that's really what it comes down to and and you know it's 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 nice when you're not the only leader right yeah. when you have other leaders within your organization that can prop up those people yeah, and, and the, you know find a solution the, to the a big problem. thing in my, in my opinion is like just working as a team because at the end of the day you're all a fucking team right? yeah like you guys are all working on the you're on the same ship going in the same direction when you have people pulling in the other direction like, oh okay, that's yeah you're not going so we're on the same team let's all work towards the same goal everybody's happy at the end of the day we can all be happy and, and that's it so yeah, go on. Sorry. I was going to say, no, I was going to transition to hunting. Before we do, I just want to say one thing because, you, you know, you, you mentioned one good point and then and then we'll get into the fun stuff. Um, you know, we talked about the this difference. This whole part is fun. Between, this is my favorite part, this whole business stuff. Between, you know, being building something and having it handed to you. I think what's important too is, at least for me, and I see you doing it, and Rick, I see you doing it too, is, you know, when, when, when you are, quote unquote, given something, you, we've all taken from that and built on top of it right and now we've kind of created our own businesses within our businesses mm -hmm. and we've all done that all three of us right and i think now so so there's there's an element of this this business now that we've created and we own so so you feel that real sense of ownership yeah. right and uh and you want to see that grow and develop so so i think that's important too i mean not that i should be giving business advice to anybody but you know if you are given an opportunity to take on a business look at ways you can help build and, yeah. and grow it and make a piece of that business really yours yeah that was a hard thing for me too when i first came in at, at impact the one thing that i never felt was like oh this is really mine like not that i didn't appreciate you know like it's it's our family's business gave us the opportunities that we had and you know it's, it's our source of income but like i i don't know why i treated it as if it was my own but i always there was always this missing thing like i was always like oh i'm not the founder like i didn't do this yeah you treat as you you're you were given it you didn't earn yeah it. and i and i for me and maybe it's um I don't know if the right word is an inferiority complex. Like it's something, but it was like this chip in my on my shoulder. Like, oh, I'm not. Like, I didn't earn this. I'll, imposter syndrome maybe is the right word. That's interesting. Yeah. And I and I in the early days I felt it. I didn't know I felt it. It took me like till I was about in my mid twenties, probably after I got back from my trip, that I realized like, hey, I probably had this like in the back of my mind. That's why I behaved this way. Um, I was trying to prove that like I can you know be right. the, the boss, the man, the leader, whatever. Um. The thing that, but changed it even more is on me, like me, Ricky and Dave, when we started cast and, and, and ran it, um, you know, even though it didn't succeed by the objectively traditional sense, I can say that that for, for myself was one of the biggest successes because it gave me two things. It made me realize going from nothing to something is, is doesn't matter how good and smart you are and talented and how good your idea is. It is the hardest thing to do in business. Yeah. You could have the, you could have a trillion dollar idea. The execution is by far the hardest part. Ideas are a dime a dozen. Like being able to do is what's most important and execute consistently. So it made me appreciate that. And it also made me realize, okay, look how hard I just worked to try to get this thing from zero to one. Imagine I took that energy and put it in at, at, impact because before it was like okay maybe i went from i put half the energy three quarters in but because i didn't have that emotional attachment to the business per se like it's my baby theoretically but, but that experience now is going to help you so much with with your business focus right. now right yeah because you know what it took to you know exactly build something from the ground up and now look at it like okay this now this oh this is like this is a real thing that yeah. i've been given this opportunity 
oh, to, to go from zero to one, like what you know, our fathers did, like that, that is the hardest part of a business. Sure. Like going the, the next step, it's still hard. It doesn't get easier. Yeah. Sorry. I would say it, it gets, it, nothing gets easier, but it's not the hardest part. So all you got to do is work hard, really, really hard. Keep doing what you're doing well and build on it now and build on it. And again, like you said, add your thing to it and nurture it. Like, you make know, it yours. Yeah, exactly. Make it yours. I think one of the big things with cast for me is that that was the first in the traditional sense, like big failure I had, you know what I mean? Like most of the time you put your effort into something and you succeed to some degree. Okay. I tried to make the NHL. I didn't make it. Okay. Well, let's yeah. get serious. Like it's not going to fucking happen. But with cast, I was like, there was there was no thought in my mind that it wasn't going to succeed in the traditional and, sense. And there should never be like, there starting was, a business, from, right? From like, start to finish, from start to literally day right. 99 out of 100 yeah. or whatever. I'm 100% convinced this yeah. is going to work. We pulled the plug. Even then, I was like, fuck, you know, are we pulling it too quick? And that that kind of motivation now that I have, because it's like, now I know I can fail. Like, if I try hard, that doesn't mean I'm going to succeed. It's, it's Just because you're given, yeah. like, we're all given fortunate positions in, in our lives where it's like, okay, even if we still work our ass off, there is still that possibility that we might not succeed. Right. So kind of me personally, like little fire under mask. It's like, I know I can fail. I know that's a possibility in life scary. and I don't want to. Yeah. So I'm going to do everything in my possibilities, everything in my realm, everything in my, my power to make sure that I don't fail in life. And again, calling cast a failure in the traditional sense is correct because we didn't, we, we lost money and we shut the app down and whatever this, yeah, we're saying yeah, yeah. it in the, the kind of philosophical and spiritual sense. It was a fucking massive success because we awesome. learned so much. We grew personally. We've learned so much more about ourselves, about each other and like whatever. So in that sense, it's a huge win, but in the traditional sense, it was an L and in traditional senses, I don't want to fail in life. You know, like you, you want to be able to make money and support your family, yada, yada, yada. So that's, that was one of the biggest things. And I thought about it maybe a month or so ago. Cause it's like, you're, you think that, okay, because we've had a lot of things handed to us in lives and we've lived fairly comfortable upbringings that, okay, just stay the, stay the course and you'll succeed. But okay, you might stay the course and still not fucking succeed. You need to make sure that you're doing everything in your power to succeed on that course. So, I, Just to add to that, I want to say something because I look at it a little differently. Maybe I'm just, I'm not saying it's completely different. I just, I'm going to say it the way that I think and tell me if that, if this aligns with what you're saying. So as a result of cast, yes, I don't want to like, you know, dealing with that and having a postmortem and looking at the failure and saying, how, you know, how could we have done better? And what can we do to increase our chance of success next time anything we do? Yes, everyone wants to succeed. Same, I want to succeed in everything I do. But what Cast showed me is that I want to set myself up. I want to increase my odds of fit. I want to increase my exposure to the possibility of failing more. And what I mean by that is I took, we, we took a chance and did something that was insanely fun, really hard, but also something out of our realm that is scary and unknown. Like we always say, we were building yeah, yeah, yeah. a parachute on the way out of an airplane. Yeah, yeah. Going back to impact now, like in working, like could I could we keep doing what we're doing and you know stay the same, work hard, do well for sure. Like we can, but I want to do little things on the side that don't that don't have a negative impact. Pardon the pun on the business, mm -hmm. but that could fail. But if they succeed, they're like those the lottery tickets. Those one in a you know one in a million that would help. Um, 10x certain parts of the business. I want to keep doing those because they're fun, they're exciting, and they, they're also like, they're, they're hard. Like you have to figure out problems and you're trying to build, put a puzzle together with a blindfold on. So like doing that stuff, that stuff I want to keep doing. And, I, and I've realized now that I will keep doing it. I can't stop doing it. Like trying to solve problems 
even though I'm not the smartest guy, like I, I, you know, I need help from other people and bring them in. What do you think about this? What do you think? That I want to do, and by doing that, it will increase my likelihood of failing more. But I find it. I don't know. You just know, find it increase fun. your chances of winning in like in the big picture. Yeah. So it, I, I'm not. You're so, taking risks on smaller things in, in hopes to win the big ticket. But I, in that, yeah, the I reason I said it that way, I feel like you're similar though. You yeah. like you're not someone like oh I want to succeed, so I'm going to be conservative. Like you're a no, risk taker no. too. Yeah, yeah. It's like I again you. I want to take as many shots as it takes to fucking hit, right? Like yeah. we say it all the time, shoot or shoot. So uh, I agree with that. On that note, I do want to talk hunting. I need to go. You guys finish hunt, talk about hunting. Talk you got to go? I got a view and I got to go to that's why. Oh. So I got to make yeah. it Do we want to, listen. We, well, like, let's this, do a separate episode. This has been, uh, Mark, this has been great. And like, this do we save the hunting already, yeah. and, and do like a hunting episode? I have a episode? lot to say when it comes to hunting. Yeah, so let, let's. Should we yeah. save it? Yeah, let's save you it. You want to save it? Yeah, You're, like, and then we'll go hunting and then we'll talk. Oh, I dress hunt. like a hunter to talk about <laughs> hunting. Now, but the thing is, too, you got to keep in mind this is a long episode. This part, like our friends will all listen to, but our listenership and any podcast tails off. I think I think most people checked out after the Vegas talk. They're like, who are these? I know Vegas was no, good. Vegas was the whole thing was good. Okay, listen, Danny, what do we hit? What are we at? Yeah. yeah, you're almost. This is our probably third longest episode ever. Oh boy! Yeah, and this, no, it's good. This is a okay. Fun. So usually so I check out at let's, like let's when minutes, wait. Let's minutes. on that note. When are you going any kind of hunting again? Well, hunting season just ended. Uh, that being turkey season, so this fall would be the next. Why don't we go fishing? Duck? Is ducks is the when is that's like, fall time? There's no hunting over summer. I actually did know that though. Yeah, there's no hunting over. Do summer. you want so, my honest opinion? Like my thought is like it just we should have a show dedicated to like hunting, to hunting? but. If you want to talk about it, I'm happy can to talk about it. Can we make a second episode? Oh, no, you got to leave. I got I to gotta leave. That's why. Yeah. You can guys you, can talk can and I can listen. Yeah. Because I, I do. I got to make it. You, okay. All right. You want to talk? I'm trying to talk hunting for a bit. Let's talk hunting for a little bit. And then okay. if, if you're intrigued enough, if you get a lot and of then likes. We do a second, then we do a let's second. pour some scotch. I'm down to okay. sit here. All right. Let's pour some okay. scotch. I'm going to check out. You boys finish Wait, up. Okay. We need. Um, hold on. Rick, grab me the. Um, grab me that big bottle there. There's. Johnny Black, baby. There we go. The highest quality stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this thing is massive. Danny, you want to grab me? Uh, is there ice there or put it in the freezer again? It's in the freezer. Hold on. Um, hold on a second. You know what? I don't want to cut the flow of it. So I want to grab... Uh, Maybe we should just there? save it for another time. I, whatever you want to do, man. I can sit here and talk, but I mean, I think it's better to have like a, an episode. I got to run though. Okay. See you, See you, See you buddy. What do you think? Let, let's talk a little bit, and then and then we have to do another episode. But I'm yeah, afraid absolutely. I'm going to say Tell us the best. Yeah, give you two red cups. Okay, we're going to. for Danielle. She's got to listen to all this talk about hunting. and. <laughs> let's go. We'll go. We'll, we'll, we'll have 15 minutes. We're good. I'll okay, let's. You. Yeah, let's. Okay, I'm going to. Let te- us know in 15 minutes. Oh, so. I didn't ask Ricky the question I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask him the, the debate we had about if the power went off in the oh. world, how long would you survive? Should we save that one? I think we got to save that one. Okay. You said the question. I thought, do you wipe front to back or back to front? <laughs> That's a very okay. stimulating and important okay. question. I have I have a question, and this one goes out to uh, to Georgia. Tell us the best hunting experience you've had at Georgia. With Georgia? With Georgia. That's the a best great question. And the worst. I, I, <laughs> I can't say there was a worst. I'll be honest. Every, anytime I'm hunting with Georgia, and my hunting buddies are going to kill me for this because they always make fun of me that I hunt with my wife. Is uh, is honest to God? Anytime I spend with her hunting, I think just watching her <laughs> and the awkwardness is is what makes it so exciting. But um, the best, oh my goodness! There's a, there's a memorable experience from every hunting trip with Georgia, but I have to say, the most uh, the most memorable has been um, or was when I took her duck hunting once, and uh, 
I don't know if any of my, my duck hunting buddies that uh, go with me would ever listen to me talk for this long, but uh, they um, they all have a hard time getting into this swamp that I hunt ducks in. It's a very... Where, can you reveal it? Or I, it I can't tell you my duck hunting spot, but I can tell you it is... Oh, is the, it like it's like a good spot? Like oh, that. It's, a, it's an incredible spot that's incredibly co- close to the GTA, okay. and uh, I can't even reveal like the municipality or township that it's in. It would give it away. But... Well, it's just people will figure it out. But anyways, um, it is an ultimate pain in the ass getting into this hunting spot. It's it's like swampland. Uh, it's a real like, like it probably takes about an hour just to walk in. And you're not just walking in. You're like scaling logs and up to your chest in like swamp and shit and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I've brought some pretty physically fit people in there who just absolutely refuse to ever go back despite how good the hunting is. So does it ever go like neck high where it goes into your waders or whatever? Uh, not, not neck high. I mean, you could kind of control that based on where you walk, but you know what? It's, you get pretty close. Like you wear full chest waders. Um, and you're, you're pretty much at the limit of your waders. Right. And you got to kind of go, uh, you know, take a lot of care walking in. Cause you can, you can and, and if you get hurt in there, that's, that's the scary part. If you get hurt in there, you're, you're SOL, like no emergency service crew, whatever, whatever risk going in there and how and far of a hike is it in like it takes about an hour it's believe it or not it's probably like a kilometer in okay. but it the train is just so aggressive that it takes you an hour plus just to get in mm-hmm. so so uh, and like no helicopter could ever land no boat it's just like like shit like you've never seen uh anyway so so i brought georgia there one day and um she was amazing she she got in there no problem obviously it wasn't easy but she she made it in and we set up in our little hunting spot and, um, you know, the, this is right at like, uh, dawn, right? Right. As the, uh, I'm sure at, at, yeah, dawn when the sun's coming up and, uh, the ducks start coming in. Right. So it's, it's a, an incredible spot. So I start, you know, shooting ducks and, um, you know, the shooting's good. So I'm like, Georgia, like Georgia doesn't shoot. She doesn't have a gun. So I'm like, you know, start collecting the ducks as they, you know, cause she's like, she's looking at me like, are you kidding me? And, um, I said, yeah, come on. Like, I, I can't stop shooting. <laughs> you gotta you gotta retrieve the duck so so she was a trooper right like she went out in the swamp and um she starts pulling up this duck and then i remember she was walking through and uh, i said yeah the duck landed over there somewhere and now you're like oh my god it's still alive i'm like grab it grab it don't let it swim away you know grab it and she's like she's like it's looking at me i'm like just grab it and just like wring its neck like you know put it out of its misery right and I, I, I kind of want to talk about the whole like idea of hunting and, you know, like, cause you know, it's, it's a sensitive subject for a lot of people. And I really want an opportunity to speak to that. I don't want people to feel like, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I have to give this little sidebar yeah, yeah. Uh, disclaimer here because I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a true conservationist. I, I really believe in, you know, uh, preservation of life and not, you know, wasting anything. And, you know, I hunt because, you know, I, 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 I enjoy cooking. I love, you know, the food and, and all that. And, and I, I only hunt what I consume, right? I don't, I don't take pleasure in, you know, shooting or killing anything. Yeah. That was never the reason for me and never, the, not the reason for most hunters. Right. And I want to talk about that, but you know what? So, so, but for somebody who's never been exposed to that before and to, to have to do something like that, like it's, 
it's it's pretty yeah tough, yeah right? so poor georgia had to go and wring this duck's neck and she was crying she started crying after right and you know you gotta you gotta be sympathetic to that because it's not easy but uh i have to say that's probably one of the most memorable experiences. she like slugged it out the whole time and she really made a, a a pleasurable experience for her beyond that that one experience but you know she like the photographs and she's she taking pictures with frogs and all that like she it was it was a lot yeah, of fun yeah. so and we got some good pictures um and it was it was just a good time overall. So, so looking back, that's probably one of the most memorable. And then, you know, I've taken her on like turkey hunts. I've brought her on deer hunts and uh, she's usually sleeping all the time. Whenever it's one of those like stationary or yeah. uh, like still hunts where, you know, you're not moving much, she just passes out. That picture I sent in the, the family, oh, yeah, group, that one, one kills me. You can't yeah. even like, if you didn't know she was there, like yeah. you probably might not see her at first. Well, Georgia, Georgia has this thing. Like she, she, she's very what's the word I'm looking for? Like she, she'll creep up on you a lot. Right. Cause she's just, she, she just, I don't know. Like she, I, sometimes I'll be like turn a corner and she just, there standing. It scares the shit out of me. But you know, it's funny. We'll be in like clothing stores sometimes. And like people, I, and I've seen it. Uh, people will be like walking around browsing and they turn a corner and she's just there. And it's like, ah, oh. like, or, or she'll like creep up on people. Right. So, uh, so she'd actually make a great hunter, but she just falls asleep all the time. That's so funny. That group would fall asleep anywhere. Yeah. Literally anywhere. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite hunting season or th- I guess thing to hunt? Like, well, listen, like, like I said, I, 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 I hunt. What got me into hunting, obviously, was my my dad. Right? It's it's kind of weird for people just to pick up hunting on their own without having somebody to really introduce them to it. Yeah. So you know, my dad, uh, my dad was always an avid hunter. And, um, you know, my dad's also a terrific cook and, and really knows how to prepare wild game well. So, so, you know, that was a good foundation for me to get into it. And, you know, somebody to actually teach me the right way, obviously, you know, the gun safety, like, you know, guns are serious business, right. And, you know, you, you gotta be very cautious, but then, you know, there's the skill of actually the pursuit of hunting, right. That, you know, really has to be taught, like you can learn it. And the, but the learning curve is is quite intense. Like you can't just go read hunting for dummies and figure out how to track and figure a deer. out how to do it, right? You gotta. It's it's like most things. You know, most skills you have to practice it to get good at. It, but it also helps if somebody teaches you. You get so, the wisdom that they have. Absolutely. And- so so learning that from my dad, uh, you know, um, was was huge. And you know, getting back to your question, like my favorite season, my favorite game. I mean, my dad is a big moose hunter. That's always been his thing, right? And uh, I remember as a kid, you know, my dad used to go on these trips and I always wish, you know, I, I one day I'd get to go with him. And, you know, when I finally had the opportunity, I I, I really cherished it, right? Because I always wanted to do that. And, uh, and, you know, that's kind of our thing, right? It's always been. Um, so I have to say that's probably my favorite. Um, you know, it's also moose meat. We, we, we love moose meat, right? It's, uh, it's a real... It's a real delicacy, uh, and I, I mean that honestly. It's uh, you know people who say they've tried it. It's like yeah, you know they don't like. But if you've really tried moose meat that's been prepared by people who know, it's probably one of the best things you'll ever really. Eat. What is it like? Well, it's you know forget about the taste. Like well, obviously the taste is important, but you know it's um, like I come from a family of in, of butchers, really, like in yeah. the meat business. Like a lot, all my families in you know wholesale meats, even back in Italy, right? That's kind of what my in Italy family, too. Yeah, oh, that's kind of what that. my family's known for, right? Um, so you know, the always butcher been, of Sora. <laughs> well, believe it or not, we have a butcher shop in Sora. My 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 dad's uncle does. You guys are friggin' mafia for sure, man. No, 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 <laughs> that's mafia. the front. <laughs> but uh, well, hey, you know what? It's funny because like my dad and I work in construction. 
um, but people still call us butchers. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we didn't we didn't deviate too far from our roots there. But um, but anyways, listen. Getting back to like uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, being in meats and 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 you know with moose meat and everything. Like when you're exposed to 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 beef mainly, right? Growing up in in kind of the meat business, seeing my uncles and my, my dad's cousins and what have you my grandfather, um, you know, you, you, you see meat, uh, you eat a lot of meat and, you know, you, you can really differentiate between the good and the bad. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's say, right. And, and what I'm finding now is, you know, going to the grocery store, the quality of the meat that exists out there now, like it's just like, it's shit. It's there. Yeah. And, and to get good steak, good beef, you really have to pay for it. Right. And, and what is good beef? Like good beef has been, you know, raised without, you know, certain, you know, antibiotics, hormones, um, that's been fed well, um, you know, and, and it goes on and on. And, and to really find that if you can find it, it's very expensive. So you're not going to get anything more organic than wild game. Yeah. And, you know, people say, well, it has a gamey taste, but you know, that's the taste of meat. That's what that's what meat is supposed to taste like. You're used to this styrofoam that you buy at you know Loblaws or Longos, and you know you got so used to it, and you know you over season it with steak spice, and mm-hmm. you know even now dry aging, right? Like dry aging is the trend because what they're doing essentially is just introducing taste back into the meat yeah. by aging it. It's basically rotting the meat to get flavor back into it. So, you know, it's it's the flavor of the meat that you know you get with wild game. That you know it's funny for, for people who are so used to this shit that they buy that it, it actually turns them off when they taste real meat. Really? And that's what I like about it. That's what I like about it. Do so you, do you eat it a lot? Like do you still No, you- not a lot. To be honest with you cuz we like the reality is we don't we don't have the opportunities to hunt very much like with work and everything's been busy and and you know hunting's becoming more and more popular believe it or not. Like it's harder to get tags to 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 go hunting. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of women now in, in hunting, right? Because, you know, they're starting to see the benefit of wild game. There's, there's a lot of nutritional benefit mm-hmm. to, to, to wild meats and, uh, people are catching on to that. Um, you know, and there's a lot of big advocates now too, that are really, you know, promoting it and, and helping teach people. You know, I think kind of gone are the days, like those old hunting shows with like, you know, these rednecks with cowboy hats holding up deer and everything. Like it's, it's, you know, you, you look at the people who are, on TV and on YouTube and all this, like, you know, the, the people that, that really, um, that, that most people follow now in, in the hunting world, whatever you want to call it, they're, uh, they, they really promote conservation. They, they show the other side of hunting, which me personally, I, I, I really like, I'm glad that there's people out there now showing that it's not about the trophy buck and the big yeah, rack and yeah. all that. Like I, I look at this meat eater show, right. That, that everybody, that you know, Steve everybody Ranella. always asks me about it. Like, what do you like? I, and, you know, I think he does such a good job of like showing, you know, the, the sporting aspect of it, which to some people is, is a lot of fun and there's a lot of enjoyment and challenge. But, you know, he also shows, you know, the food side of it. Right. And, you know, what it is to prepare and process wild game and cook it. And, and you know what, like it's it's incredible. Right. And and I feel like like that's drawn a lot of people to it. And um, and I think, you know, I, and I'm happy about that. I'm good because, you know what? And again, this goes into a whole bigger conversation, which I, I really want to have, um, and we'll, we'll save it. But you know what? Like the people who really appreciate that and, and understand and have done the pursuit and know what it's like to take a life away, because it's it's a, that is a very difficult thing for for I, I would say most people, right? For sure. If you, you know, I, like you know, I, I have pets. I have think to 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 do something like that. It's it's hard, um, but you have a real great appreciation for that life when you've been in that situation and because of that too you 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 
and I know for me and a lot of people, you you have more of a <clears throat> conservation mindset. You you now all of a sudden like it's important to you that you know you see these these animals or this wildlife you know prosper and flourish, um, and and you want to contribute to that, right? Uh, however, that is like I want to just say a few other things, like talking about conservation, right? Like people have asked me before, like, well, hey, do you, do you think it's ethical that you hunt, right? And I, I scratch my head sometimes because I'm like, well, hang on a second. Do you eat meat? And they're like, yeah. Well, do, do you think it's ethical <coughs> walking to a butcher short shop and buying that slab of beef that, you know, was raised in a pen, in a factory, whatever it is now, fa this factory farming where, you know, a cow lives for like six weeks before they process it, the thing like, like that animal's life is it's it, that that existence is 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 for the purpose of consumption okay and that thing doesn't really have a life let's get serious right like to me like where's the ethics in that where for me like i go and pursue my meat now if you don't eat meat and that's your take and then then i respect that okay so so i i can understand how people who don't meet it eat at all We'll say like, you know, question the ethics of it and what have you. But if you eat meat and you go purchase meat from a butcher shop, to me, like, how is that more ethical than going in and pursuing the animal yourself? And then it's like, well, you know, there's guns involved, there's suffering. Well, let me tell you something about that because I've come across animals and this is, talk about the most disturbing thing you've ever seen. To see half of a deer eaten by wolves and it's still alive breathing and it's it's basically half its body stripped down to bone yeah. like come on like you know at least when i you know take an animal like it's a quick kill and that thing really doesn't suffer yeah and then people well what about with bows you know bows it, it gives the animals more more of a of a, um, um advantage right well not necessarily like have you seen what happens when you shoot an animal with a bullet uh, with a bow it usually lives for like a it takes like two hours before it finally bleeds out and die really? i choose to hunt with guns because you know it's a quicker uh death for the animal yeah okay and i know more it's morbid way. to talk about anything but but really thinking about it if you're gonna eat meat you know you want that that animal to really die with some dignity right yeah. raising growing up in a pen you know taking a hammer to the head however they kill these things these days it's that's that's a terrible terrible approach to uh to farming and to, to, to getting meat in my opinion. So, so I like that side of it. Um, you I know, think I, yeah. there's one thing too, though, on that, on that note, which is, I was thinking about this when you're saying it. Um, what's interesting is, and uh, not to assume this is with everybody, but it, what feels as if the stuff you see online and social media and the people who, who come at people who let's say hunt, like I've never hunted. I'd love to have the opportunity to try and, you know, hopefully we can set it up. But what I find interesting are the people who kind of criticize and say, you know, it's not ethical. Why, you know, you're killing an animal, so on and so forth. And what's interesting to me about that is that people who come at, who um, raise the argument of like ethics, morals, and, and values and principles, essentially, like, you know, this, how can you do these kinds of things? This is terrible. I mean, that, that, that is a subjective view of stuff. But again, the people that typically, I think, look at the world that way and want to typecast somebody for doing something they feel is wrong. Mm hmm it feels as if maybe not projecting, but they're 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 trying to they're well they they're, are projecting for sure, yeah. On people, right? Because like, yeah, okay, they might say, well, I, I'm I'm vegan or I'm pescatarian or I, I get my 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 meat from from a butcher that's you know whatever. It's it's a good source, okay. But where do you buy your shoes from? Where do you buy your clothes from? Where do you where do you what oh kind of car God. do you drive? What where do you spend your money? Like every if you're really gonna criticize somebody 
for doing something that they can they can say through and through they know where they went what they did they got the animal from here that 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 person can safely say that sure if you have a problem with people killing animals okay that's that's one thing but you are, you know the the supply chain of where you got this product from do you know where the things that you get consume on a daily basis are coming from? Everything that you do, everything you touch, you don't. George. And it's interesting yeah. that people will pick one thing to criticize on because it's it's you know convenient and it's um, it's easy to say, well, that's an inhumane thing. You're killing something. Yeah, okay, but it, like you 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 know what you're doing. It's the most primal and old school way of doing things. That's how we survived back in the day. People. So I find that very interesting. That yeah. you know. That especially hunting, hunting is a contentious topic, and I think it's contentious too because somebody like Joe Rogan is a big proponent of it. And he talks about it a lot. And I think Joe Rogan is a contentious person. When people just well, you know anything he does, says, or touches, people want to go after, it and then they then they look at that thing and they latch onto it. So, yeah, I just find that really interesting that people are quick to criticize people for the actions they take. But I, I think at the end of the day, people are going to criticize. It does, doesn't matter what topic. There's always going to be people critical of whatever, you know, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and, and that's just right. Hunt, hunting hunters are an easy target because, you know, they just are. You're 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 killing animals. Right. And but, you know, it's funny because I, I don't know where I heard this, but, you know, it's it's true when you think about it. Right. Like, you know, cultivating crops, for example, for the, the vegan argument. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm vegan. I don't like to harm animals. Well, let's get serious. You know, that, that tractor, as it plows through a field, how many groundhogs and mice oh, yeah. and about that. shit, like insects and birds and all, is that tractor squashing and killing and mulching up as it processes corn and wheat? And like, let's get serious, right? The reality is to, to cultivate and process food does involve, you know, killing life right taking life yeah. so you know i, I and i'm again listen uh, yeah we we all eat vegetables well i mean and i'm sure you know animals have died in the process of you know preparing those and, and cultivating those those items but you know for me with hunting is i feel like you know i have you know how, how do i say this like you know i'm 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 very even when it comes to hunting right like i'm, I'm not the type of hunter where i go out and i just you know i see an animal i shoot it right like you know, I'll, I'll, I spend time outdoors. I, I walk and, you know, I'm very selective too. Like I don't shoot females, right? Like if I can avoid it, like, like female ducks, are you, female is, deer. Is some, uh, are you not deers? Are you not allowed to shoot female deers? No, you no, you are. You are. You can get tags to shoot females. And a lot of people do. People actually say that the meat is better in it. But the, the thing for me is like, listen, females reproduce. Okay. Yeah. Like one, one male animal can, can reproduce with multiple, multiple females. So to take a female out of the population, I think is more harmful to the overall um, herd or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, to take a male, there's another male right behind them to replace them and, and yeah. breed that female. So so for me, that's a little bit more of an ethical approach. So so I have a personal thing where I don't like to shoot females. Um, and that's just for the stability of, you know, the herd and yeah, whatever. The ecosystem, so, and whatever, the ecosystem whatever. So, so and, and whether or not there's any benefit there, I don't actually really know. It's just a personal thing, right? Um, women are, are sacred in, 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 in everything, but, but especially in wildlife, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, uh, so that's my thing, but again, everybody's kind of got their, their style. What, what I'm really against is like these trophy hunters, like the guys that go to Africa shooting lions and, and stuff. Yeah. That's like, terrible. like, let's get serious. Like, come on. Like that's, that's an Eagle thing. That's a swing, big swinging dick thing. I don't know whatever you want to call it, yeah. but you know, like guys want to really uh, show off and, and, you know, hunt the, uh, you know the top of the food chain animals like that's not um that doesn't do it for me i i, I see and in fact I, I that really turns me off uh hunting 
but um, it gives hunters a bad rap for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think I think that's what people think about when they when they hear the word hunter, right? So so that's why you know it was important for me to have this discussion, and hopefully we can talk a little bit more about it absolutely uh, with Rick and and whatever because you know. Um, I don't want to take you guys hunting. I want I you guys to see kind of what, what it's all about and, and, you know, appreciate it. And it's not for everybody, right? Some people come out and, you know, they really want it really, when they see what it's really about, they decide to, Hey, listen, this is not, yeah. this is not for me. I, that's what I wonder what it's like. Is like when you, when you, I've, I've, I've fired a gun maybe a couple of times, handful of times. Um, never really, never hunted. I mean, I think I shot a bird maybe one time when I was down in the States, but, um, yeah, I've never hunted, and I, I really want to, but the thought of, like, that's the one that I have to get my head around is, like, because you see, you know, let's say, you you know, watching um, hunting shows, whatever, and you see them looking down the barrel, and, you know, they get the breathing down, you got to stay calm and all this stuff, but, like, naturally, like, anything in life, I would, ass- I would assume, like, that first time you see something in your crosshairs, your heart's probably going a mile a minute, like, yeah. Like there's no way you're holding that gun steady, and like you also shouldn't shoot, I guess, if it's not steady. You, yeah, you cannot. You're absolutely right, and and you know I cannot explain to you what that feeling is like because you have to live it to to really understand it. And you're right, it's there's just so much emotion, right? We talked about Kilimanjaro, and they, like you're just feeling like this this pressure, this excitement, this remorse, uh, all at the same time. And yeah, it, it really Hold takes over closer. your really takes over your body right so uh you really got to experience that but uh, i think listen you know for the people this was everything right like you you to really understand hunting i think you have to experience it and like i said it's not for everybody yeah right it's um that's one thing i wanted to say um when it comes to like you know because you, you watch the media like the show meter you see them like you know when they cat they have a kill they're like you know what's it they quarter it or whatever oh, yeah, pack they, it out yeah, yeah. whatever it's called have you ever had something that like, okay, so to, I guess so kind of to wrap this up, I think it's a good one. Like take us through what happens. Like, okay, so maybe not mo- either moose or deer or whatever. Cause birds, you know, you carry out, but let's say you catch something that's bigger. Right. Typically when, if the, when that's happened to you, how far have you been like in somewhere and how far have you had to like the more than one trip? How does that work? So, so that's actually a very interesting question. I'm glad you brought that up. I never really thought about, you know, this question coming up, but the reality is, like we've been in situations where, you know, we had a great opportunity to take an animal, yeah. but you know what, we're looking at this thing and, and this thing's like kind of on the other side of a swamp or standing in a swamp. And we're like, listen, this is a great opportunity to take this animal, but we still have to get this thing out of here. And we just, we will just opt not to take it because of what's involved to get it out in fairness to the animal too, because there's a chance we n- might not be able to get it out. So why take that chance? Even right? like to get to it kind of thing. Whatever, exactly. Yeah. So, so, you know, and that's with, you know, comes with the responsibility of being a real conservationist and, and really taking a, uh, that type of approach to hunting, right? It's like, you, you, you got to respect the animal and you got to, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where that thing would ever be put to waste. So I can tell you it's, yeah, it's, it's people say, you know, the work when it comes to hunting is really after the kill is made, right. Getting the animal out, you know, uh, because you're also on the clock too now, like you want to make sure you get it out in a timely, uh, in a, in, in a, in a reasonable amount of time where the meat's not starting to spoil, especially on a warm day, things like that. So there's a lot of things to consider. Right. So, but I could tell you, it's not easy. That's it's, the one thing I always think about when I watch meat eater and I'm like, you yeah. know, like I've watched some episodes where they're like deep up this mountain range and they got to like cut this, you know, elk up or this deer up and pack it out of there. And yeah. I'm like, you're already carrying all this gear and you have to yeah. pack this like, you know, half a, half a thing on your back and like get that out of there like that. 
because I even think about it, like when I when I see this, I think about how we walked in Kilimanjaro, and you know, even even when I go running, it's like when you're like you know you're really into it, and you're there, you're like holy shit, I'm so far out, I just want to get back, and then to think like you know when you're hunting and I see them and they're they're hiking out three, four, five, ten, fifteen, whatever, into the into wherever they are, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, and then you gotta you gotta find the animal, like take your shot, get the kill, cut it up, and get it out. Like yeah. it, it, that's like a it's a it's a whole process it's it's yeah and and i think meat eater actually makes it look easy when you watch it yeah it, it is, seems it is condensed. incredibly hard incredibly hard how is what would you say in your opinion of the whole process get into the getting to your site park, park in the car getting out and hiking between that moment you leave the car and assuming you have a uh, you kill you have a kill right and getting back to the car between the those two times of being in the car what is the hardest part oh definitely packing the animal out for sure yeah Oh yeah, like cutting it up, packing it, all that stuff. Well, see, and again, everybody Are has those- a bit of a different approach. For me, it's like you know, I, I like to take the animal out whole. I don't oh like to, to carve it out in the woods because then you know what? Like, if it gets wet, if it gets dirty, like, so you carry an entire animal on your back? Well, well, or drag it. Like we, you know, we, we, and that's the thing that this is where where it comes down to. You know. Uh, taking an animal in a place that's accessible okay you know can we drive an atv up to it can we easily walk up to it and kind of pull it out because that's the best case scenario if you can pull out an animal hang it whole and then you know properly process it yeah yeah to cut it out in little pieces and pack it out you're getting it dirty you're getting it wet you'll see a lot of that on the meter because they do a lot of those extreme hunts too in the mountains and in the desert and like it's a little bit of a different hunt than kind of what we see here like you're you're reasonably close to roads and paths and stuff like that you're not hiking mountains and and deserts and all that stuff so so uh but yeah in in those cases yeah that's what you have to do you 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 cut it up and you bring it out in pieces and some guys can do it you got to be in pretty good shape to do it it's not that uh, might be the hardest part for me is like having a butcher the but, animal there but like the, that. Th- the thing is like you you listen to these guys a lot of them have podcasts and shows like like they train year round for those types of scenarios yeah like i don't know if you know cam haynes the guy runs a marathon every day yeah so, Which so I, I actually i wonder because i heard them say that once on like joe rogan or joe rogan said it about him and he said he runs a marathon every day distance every but, day but he, runs you, a t- he runs like a 10 mile in the morning 20 miles at lunch 10 miles at night or something and on, like on top of all the other workouts that he does because like, he's got a lot of weight abs- training absurd and, but but when you when you listen to him talk and when he talks like he he says he trains to hunt because he's okay. a he's a big bow hunter and he does a lot of those extreme hunts where you know he's bringing um you know packing packing meat out of the bush and whatever yeah, yeah. so so but he like he says he does that to to make him a better hunter uh more efficient hunter it's and, like and, he has to be better at his craft exactly and and that's, that's his motivation that's crazy the lot i guess the kind of feel bad for danny we've already like over two hours here so it might be our longest episode no, no. what's our longest Two, oh, wow. oh, that was John uh, John Famous. We had them on recently. These guys are le- you would love hanging out. Legends, yeah, legends. Well, listen, you like I said, lots to talk about. Yeah, I have we, one last question, sure. and then we're gonna do we're gonna have we gotta do this again. Yeah. I don't know how we waited so long to do this, but we gotta do this again. Um, and we should do it. We we should plan to set it up so we do like a hunt something related to it. I know that I want to get my uh, my hunting license. I think Ricky does too. We talked about this, yeah. so we'll get that all organized. But what, Danny? Um, Same. You, you want to get it? I'm gonna do a course. We're we gonna we're gonna go. get an instructor to come to my uh, probably my office like on a Saturday Sunday and do a course. You're in. Okay. Uh, last question. I, I have. got a few guys too that want to join in on that. You sent me the, the info. I think I think I'm gonna yeah. call them up. Um, the last question I have for you, in regards to like you you know you're talking about these hunting experiences, they, those guys do extreme hunts. Yeah. 
if what is your dream hunt or the, or one that the bucket list number one hunt you'd want to do in a place or a type of animal, whatever it is? Um, it, it's going to be a moose hunt, I, I think for sure. Probably like an Alaskan or Yukon moose hunt. Like okay. I just, you know, aside from the fact that it's like, those are like the biggest moose you'll, you'll find. Um, they're known to be a, a big moose, um, whatever they call it, like a subspecies. Okay. Um, but it's the terrain, right? Like, and, and what's so cool about moose is how receptive they are to calling, especially the bull moose in the rut during the mating season. Uh, to see that, how you can literally bring this 2,000 pound animal literally in on a string with, with good calling from, you know, miles away is just incredible. Really? And, and that's something um, just because, you know, obviously, like, like I said, we, we, we are big moose hunters. I like to hunt moose. Uh, to me, that is like the the ultimate dream hunt with my dad, with some of my hunting group, I think, because without them, it wouldn't be the same experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What would you say? I just thought I'll have one last one. What would you say is you, the thing you're best at when it comes to hunting? Probably duck hunting. Yeah? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a sniper when it comes to like, <laughs> yeah. I, I can, oh yeah. Like, and, and you know what? It's, yeah, it's, it's true. Like, you know, I have, I'll tell you quickly, like I have an uncle who loves trap shooting. But you put like a wild animal in front of him, like a duck, and he can't hit shit, right? But you know, clays really? all day long. It's, it's. Is it a mental thing? No, it's. Clays are, are predictable, right? You know, ah. you know the direction it's gonna. Once it releases, it's going one when way. When a bird's flying like like this, it's it's a, it's a different approach to shooting. And then when I shoot clays, I'm terrible. I can't hit clays. Really? Like I can. But like but, you're, you're better at shooting ducks. Oh yeah, it's just really. Oh yeah. It's just the approach to shooting, uh, the, 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 the technique, it's, it's, it is different. Wow. And uh, once you've kind of, I don't say mastered it, not that I'm a master, but once you've, you've learned that technique, it's like, it's, it's, it's impressive. Yeah. It's a lot of fun too. Like eh? Georgia. Yeah. Like I've brought Georgia and she just like, she's like, how the heck did you do that? It's just like, she can't. Just pick him out of the sky? Well, I mean, listen, it's, uh, it, it, it does take a lot of practice and you start with clays and you got to get comfortable with that, you know, technique and that movement. But then once you are in a real life situation, <coughs> it's, uh, it's different. You can't compare it. So that, that's probably, okay. I think the question is my, my, yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. <coughs> yeah. So lot, lots to talk about, yeah. like I said, for those who are interested, I mean, uh, it's, um, I have a lot to say and I think, you know what, not enough people talk about it. It's kind of like a. Faux pas. Well, faux pas, and it's yeah, it's not really like mainstream topic that people are too interested in listening to or talking about. But you know what, the, the people who are curious, you know, I, I'd like to kind of engage them, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, but to kind of bring that point home, I think you like you said it. You like po- hunting is becoming more popular, and I I wonder if that is a result of like call it the Joe Rogan factor because a lot of stuff you know he talks about I would venture to guess that like if you check the Google search history after one of his let's say an episode that comes that came out about you know whether he talked about the carnivore diet or his hunting things or about whatever he talks about that is I think is new like that guy objectively has probably the biggest listener base in media in general right now of of any of any personality of any show so I wonder if like hunting is you know the growing interest in hunting is a byproduct of that if it's maybe a byproduct of the pandemic, people realizing, hey, what if one day we can't get food? We have to know how to hunt. Like it could be a. Well, and I think things. people are starting to realize that, right? And 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 you know, I again, I'll tell you another quick story. Like you know, I I grew up with uh, you know a very good friend of mine growing up, uh, exceptionally exceptionally smart, and you know this guy could have been, 
you know, top engineer, top doctor, top lawyer, whatever he wanted. The guy was just like naturally gifted, super brilliant. But he saw real value in learning agriculture, agricultural sciences and understanding how to, you know, um, uh, basically grow, cultivate, process food. Because he saw in the future that really being a skill set that, you know, had a lot of value to it. And I think more and more people are seeing the value in that. You know, everybody needs food to live. Yeah. Not many people know how to make food. Yeah, people know how to cook food, but how do you actually make food? Like, how do you, you know, grow food? How do you go and harvest food? I'd venture to guess, like, probably very few. One percent of the very population. Few. And actually, I would actually argue that you know how people say, you know, live in North America, you know, you're you're more than not more than likely, but you know, greater relatively global. That a global economy, if you live in North America, you're probably part of, let's say, the top 10% in theory. Yeah. I would argue that it's the inverse when it comes to being able to harvest and grow your own food Very with the rest few. of the world. Very like, few. we were probably in the bottom 10%. I think anybody, like most people in the developed world, yeah, uh, like high 90%. That's what I mean. Don't don't have a clue. In oh, the, developed or Sorry. Yeah. yeah. In the developing yeah. world, it's in the In the inverse. developing world, it's, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. Like, you shut the lights off tomorrow, North America... Oh. Like, their life say, doesn't we're change doomed. down there. We're doomed. People in in the developing world, it's it's just another day. People in, the in life. Yacht are still going out and picking olives. <laughs> <laughs> They're still going out and harvesting those goats. I mean, like yeah, no, but it's true. It's yeah, yeah. So so lots to think about. I mean, and like I said, I could talk about this all day long, and uh, I want to talk about this. I think there's lots to say, lots I want to say, and uh, yeah, I, I haven't. And I and honestly, Mark, this has been a great one. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I want to. We we're gonna do it again. But you know what we'll do? We'll end this on this question. And I asked it earlier. I wanted to ask it because I wanted Ricky's opinion. Um, we'll ask it to end this episode, and we'll sell people. Like, we're gonna, hopefully, whoever made it this far, we'll say, send us what your, you know, kind of your answer is. And our friends will probably hear it, and we'll ask them too. And we'll talk about it to kind of kick off the next one. Okay. So, do you want to? You know what I'm gonna say? No, I have wanna, no idea. The question that okay. Me and Mark and my actually. Oh my, yes, now I know. Okay, so you, so you I think the it. question is, are, are we limiting this to just the people we know? No, let's say like, like no, no. Ask it to anybody, but also like it, it applies worldwide. If this happened, like like if we were like in a doomsday event where exactly. like the life exactly. the lights go exactly. off, like like how soon would it take for like people to start dying off? Y- yes, but or, or, how long? I, I would ask you like. So the question is. Tomorrow you wake up and the power grid's off, cell phones, does, the communications, everything is shut off. Yeah, we're off it, the grid. Yeah. It is basically a doomsday scenario. Yeah. How long would you survive? Oh, for oh, so the question is like me personally. It, it's such a hard question. to. I, I like to think I'd, I'd last a long time because of what I know, you know, out in the field. But the reality is, and, and this is what's scary, right? Like you can't think of it just, you know, for, for, like you can't think of it from like a like a like a personal perspective like just me because the reality is it's not just you now all of a sudden you're competing for the same food resources. that's out there the same resources with millions of other people right and and you know that's that's the challenge because when when people start going hungry it's like the savage comes out right and now you're fighting your neighbor for that same meal yeah. and and that's the scary part right like i know status quo yeah, I can I can probably survive in the woods for years. Yeah. No problem. But when I'm competing now with millions of other people who are dependent on that same deer or that same fish and that same that same can of corn. Can whatever. Even like yeah, anything. It's it's a different game. 
That's what I wonder. That's why I want to. I, I would only to say a number. I want. I want everyone to think about it. I want. I want Danny's answer later. I want Ricky. I want everybody. So the next episode we have. That's how we're going we'll right. sit down again. We're going to start it there. I like it. Um, we ask every guest, if people want to find out more about you, what you're doing, ask oh, you for hunting advice, where do they go? How do they find I don't you? have like a, like I have a work website, but you're not going to learn anything about Instagram. I think, uh, yeah, Instagram, Instagram, the Corsetti is, is my, my, my name, my tag. Um, but you're not going to learn much about me there <laughs> other than I have a beautiful young daughter and a beautiful wife and I like to post a lot of pictures of them. And uh, I mean, listen, reach out to George if you guys ever want to talk about hunting or well, they can, they can DM or whatever. DM to, me. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I'm always open to talking. And if you're looking for a good gambling partner, you know where to find me. <laughs> yeah. If you want to go to Vegas with Mark and I, yeah. we're always looking I don't, for people yeah, to I don't know if I, I would really call it a good gambling partner, but... I'm definitely uh, willing to gamble with anybody. <laughs> this was a great episode. Yeah. No, um, thanks for having me. Of course, buddy. Anytime. I think we'll uh, wrap it on that. And yeah, I'm going to say Ricky's Danielle. line. Sorry to, sorry to take up your evening here. This was great. This was, a, this was a good one. Anyways, guys, we're out. Peace. Out. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain. And I don't remember all of my mistakes in every high. I got alone no one thing. You're not alright. I'm not alright